Hey everybody, welcome to Top 5 Movies. It's me, John Burke. With me this week is Michael Sanchez. Shut up, Wesley. And filling in for Corey Starr this week is Ben Hilligas. How's it going, everybody? And Ben's been on our show before, so if you've been listening from the beginning, you've heard him at least twice, I think. I know you did Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks and uh, Most Overrated. Most Overrated. And um, Corey is moving into her new home, and her internet can't get connected uh, in a timely fashion. Although, they did find a new ISP, so it's going to be a little earlier than she was expecting. Um, but she's not trying to kick Ben out. So I think she'll. I think Ben will be with us for the next couple of weeks, and then she will come back here. But she should be back with me on movie club this friday so if you missed her and you hated hearing me talk for half an hour by myself don't worry uh cory will be back next week so um we are watching point break uh for this week's episode of movie club because i've never seen it um and Catherine bigelow's new movie detroit comes out this week okay all right good not the, uh, you could tell by my, the expression on my face i was hoping not the remake no why would i watch because the remake? why would yeah. you do that no i've never seen the whole thing i i've obviously seen the iconic scenes from it and i i'm pretty sure as a kid i watched it but i don't remember it and i figured since her uh new movie detroit's coming out which is obviously very very different in tone um it's more in line with hurt locker and zero dark 30 as far as it being a very serious tone um, I was not in the mood to watch either of those for the movie club, although I think I'll end up watching one of them before I see Detroit this weekend. Um, before we get into our podcast, I do want to make a couple of cool announcements about BerkReviews.com. Uh, we've just brought a new podcast into the fold called The Rough Cut, um, featuring Matt and, I'm sorry, uh, Odie Matthews and Ben. And um, their most recent episode just posted on our site uh, the other day. And you can subscribe to them on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And uh, I'm excited to have them as part of the Burke Reviews family of podcasts. And I think, and I'm not going to announce it officially yet, but I think we're going to have another one joining the family soon. Um, so we'd love for you to follow all the podcasts. The Rough Cut is a movie podcast. Um, they do mainly movie news and uh, reviews. They do extensive reviews on new new releases. Um, this past episode, the episode 28, they just did Atomic Blonde. And uh, they did a... Um, uh, San Diego Comic-Con overview of all the news that came out of Comic-Con. So if you want to check that out, um, subscribe to them and help support BerkReviews.com. Um, this week for uh, Top 5 Movies, we're going to be doing our Top 5 Book Adaptations. So these are books uh, that were turned into movies, not the other way around. And um, we were kind of loose with the definition of book. So it might they might have picked comic books. They might have picked... Um, novels uh non-fiction and i found some cool movies that were adapted from books that i didn't know were books and i was kind of like okay so i had to do some extra research to confirm that the list i was looking at was correct um half of my list had me surprised that they were actually books i didn't know which uh, of course then i had to throw them on just because like it's not yeah movies that you would expect to be taken from something like i expected all of them to be completely original stories but uh, no, yeah, very, very surprising. Yeah, so am I. and I, I had, uh, most of mine are, I think only one of mine I knew was a book. Um, and then a second one I had a good idea, but um, I, I, I had a hard time deciding what to include on my list because I had some of my favorite movies were adapted from books, 
And if you've listened to any of the past podcasts, and I've talked about some movies a lot of times, you could have guessed. And I tried to keep those off of my list um, for this episode because I'm getting, uh, I'm pulling from a, a podcast that I've become a fan of called Pure Cinema, where they they like to not just do the obvious movies when they do list. And so, uh, whoa, and, well, imagine that. But your your <laughs> your movies, I think, are your also your favorites and also not the obvious ones. Mm-hmm. Where like my favorites are pretty pretty bland like a lot of my favorite movies are are what everybody's favorite movies are so we need to get you guys into the ivory tower some more because when you say oh i didn't realize there were books i'm like what although there were some (laughs) wait till after we've revealed when i'm like this movie you're like oh you jerk you you should have known that (laughs) but you haven't even heard yet that's well that's true that's true and there were a couple that surprised me of my own but Mine are all pretty straightforward, I think. And so, some were uh, loose adaptations, which I found really interesting. Were like sometimes it, those are the best. Yeah, well, of course, because one, if especially if the book isn't popular, um, you're not going to have the the backlash. Like uh, the reason we're doing books is because of the new release this week, uh, Dark Tower, which isn't even in theaters yet, and it's already getting tons of backlash. Because Mike, you're a fan of the books, right? I own it. Oh, I'm a fan never... of Stephen King. Right. I've not read it for fear of being one of those backlashers, I'm really excited to see this. The announcement of Idris Elba as, you know, as the gunslinger shocked me, but the guy is awesome. Yes. Uh, my wife's long been a fan of Luther. I don't want to get too much on a tangent. And then Matthew McConaughey is the man in black. I'm like, I wasn't sure, but then again, I do I, like him. Now, uh, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about the tri- the series. Now, I know you haven't read the books, but that's, this, this works fine. Do you know how many books there are in the series? I want to say that there's seven. There might be eight. I know Eyes of the Dragon is a Dark Tower story, but I think it's like a spinoff. I own that one. I own the original Dark Tower. I might have bought, purchased, when I see something on, if my wife's kind of put a moratorium on books, but I'll buy them anyway, especially if there's like two for one sale at the library. They need a good home. You don't leave books (laughs) abandoned. Uh, And plus, you know, they don't, poop in the corner or, or make a mess in the house is the plan do you know if the plan is to make all seven of them or? no um that is not the plan and also uh Aww. the plan um this from my understanding this movie has two of the books put together okay yeah. see so yeah. now stayed away I, have you heard of the runtime for this movie i thought it was pretty short yeah it's 93 minutes that's it's, really tight and i saw and that was that concerns me it concerns most of the fans of the dark tower books from two of the seen. books in 93 minutes yeah and i don't know are these thick books or are they dark tower is not too bad i'm holding up like anybody out there can listening can see but it's it's pretty it's short read i think they get kind of the not quite jk rowling deal where they you know get larger as as she re- as as the the series goes on yeah yeah that makes sense um now i think and this is where my my information gets a little loose i believe their plan is to do one movie and then a series on tv that's um, cool because it, it is, it is. that would that would be able that's uh, let's let's talk I, we can't well i'll mention it anyway because i i doubt it'll be on the list uh, doom for example i think lends itself uh, well yeah. a lot better because there's a lot of stuff and i'll be honest i loved david lynch's take on dune even if he has personally disowned it, yeah, uh, I think he has. In any case, it it would probably lend itself. That then, on the other hand, think of another Stephen King property, Under the Dome, huge book, about thirteen hundred pages, however, depending. That was, I tried, and I re- I mean, I even tried getting through the book, but the series, just, 
I don't know if it was CBS or mm-hmm. what it was. Definitely could uh, be. I'm giving The Mist more of a chance, but the difference too with that one because that has its own set of issues. Frank Darabont, awesome. The film adaptation, I think, hit it properly. And then we get to the end, which I have a huge problem with mm. because we'll, we'll talk further on that. But the series yeah. has deviated from episode one. And I think it's done well. Some people have said it's got all sorts of issues. It makes me miss having Spike TV on our TV lineup because we changed. We got we had to so trim. Our, our, yeah, we had to trim some spending and dropping a lot of those channels and yeah. changing the package. I if I, once my free stuff runs out, I will be dropping most of my channels. Probably going to Internet TV. But um, the, my concern with the going to a series is: Are you going to get McConaughey and Idris Elba That's back in say. a series? Um, Doubtful. Both have done TV. McConaughey did True. True Detective only, though, and that's only one season. Mm. Um, Depends on hmm, where, what network gets it. Or it does. What, what, we pro- got, what studio it, is producing it? Would, it. You would hope it would be, I would imagine, a, a premium network like Showtime, uh, Stars, or HBO. I think would be able to get them back Maybe. in. Possibly. But it depends on how long we're talking, because Idris is just starting to become a film star. I don't know if he would want to fall back into a TV like role. Well, that was role. his kind of reason for leaving. Didn't Luther. want to be Heimdall. Yeah, he wanted yeah, to yeah. move forward from because I mean, but he still is though, isn't he? He's in Ragnarok trailer. Is he? I, there's, there's the guy, the what's his name, the character name, Heimdall. Yeah, he's in the trailer, but he's got hair now, like he doesn't have his helmet on. <laughs> Did he get it? Are you saying he got extensions? I don't know, but um, it. I thought Did it was Idris, but I'm not. I didn't confirm it, and he's only on the in the trailer for like half a second, so it's hard to tell for sure. I'll have to watch that again. Uh, apparently, I missed stuff, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, Luther was. Have you seen Luther? No, I haven't. And I'm not dissing the show. Oh, okay. I'm just saying, like, and, and there is a debate. A lot of people are, are pushing for TV roles rather than movies, but it does seem like McConaughey's only done one TV series that I can think of, and that's True Detective, and that was one season. Idris has been doing more movies since Luther. Um, you know, he's got the he's got a movie coming out, obviously the Dark Tower, but then he's got a movie coming out with Kate Winslet where they're trapped on a mountain after a plane crash. Um, yeah, it the divide. I, I don't remember what it's called. I it looked, wonder which one has to eat the other. It's definitely implied that that could become a plot point. But, oh, um, wow, so, that was that so easy. Well, I mean, they're, they're, it's in a snowy mountain. That's kind of the. Like, oh, what else come you on, you guys don't yeah, remember alive? Oh yeah, of course. Well, he definitely doesn't remember alive. But um, what, was that a thing prior to? It that was, was a, a true movie story. based on a true story oh, really? of a yeah. Brazilian soccer team. Uh, yeah, I oh, think it was Brazilian. Oh. Um, that happened like just a year ago, right? Just no, no, no. Um, no, this was this. Uh, they um, they crashed on a snow covered mountain and on the Andes. Survived by eating the 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 people that were dead already. Ooh. I think yeah, I, it was it was. Th- they survived and they did whatever they could to survive. Yeah, and there's other examples of that through history of cannibalism. Ravenous. I haven't watched um, Ravenous, but I have to. Uh, the Donner Party. Party. Yeah, that's what I was. Um, but all right. So not to go on a tangent, but that's the motivation for our topic this week. Um, I will be seeing Dark Tower on. Thursday evening, and then this weekend I'll be recording an episode of The Rough Cut. I'm going to be a guest uh, spot on The Rough Cut uh, talking about Dark Tower and maybe wait, Detroit. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Thursday evening. Thursday evening I'm going to see the movie. Okay. And then Sunday I'm recording an episode of The Rough Cut about Dark Tower. Are we recording Sunday? Yeah, but they record early. It's like, I'll record one and then we'll record it. Okay. Well, actually, we need to talk about that if Ben's mm-hmm. coming on Sunday or if we're recording on Tuesday again next week. But uh, Yeah, this is your... Well, no, 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 no. Uh, uh, just... We'll, we'll have to talk. Okay, uh, we'll talk after. I'll, I'll, we'll do the behind the curtain stuff behind the curtain. So let's oh, get on with our no, episode. Um, oh, oh. Uh, 
I think we'll let the guest go first. I, I'm kind of thinking it was Corey's turn anyways. Um, I think that's correct. I went first. I, I was just listening yeah, to last Yeah, just about weeks. every time I've come on the show, you guys have had me go first. That's how we it works. we got to respect the guest. Respect um, the guest. Um, but before we do that, uh, spoiler warning. Since Corey's not here to do it, I have to do it. Um, we are probably going to spoil the movies on our list. There's at least a chance that we might discuss the ending. And so be warned. We post our entire top five list on our website. So you can go to burgerviews.com, take a look at the uh, the blog post for this episode, episode number 60. And um, you can check out our list before you listen and make a decision if there's anything you don't want to hear potential spoilers for. But you should be warned now. Another thing, um, the way this works, in case you're new to the show, uh, we make our lists in secret, and this is us revealing our lists to each other and uh, either going to make fun of and or be excited by or shocked. And there's one <laughs> less thing we must do. Um, we have to wager how many of Mike's movies you think you've seen, Ben. <laughs> so out of five movies, knowing Mike's penchant for uh, obscure content, how many of them do you believe you've seen? Uh... I'm going to guess only one. That is a, a one wise guess. I, I will. Uh, I'm going to go. I mean, it's not every time. I think every time I've been on a show with you, Mike, I, I think I've only known about one yeah, that, on your list. That's, so. that's true for most of us. Which and is good because it does, it does give me that's right. we content gotta to go, go look for expound, it. Expound, expand <laughs> everybody's horizons. Hey, I'm all for that. I, I have. I recently, I feel like I watched a movie. Oh, yeah. I just watched. Um, go. Go and uh, uh, Ronan the other night because of your yeah, recommendation. Ronan. So two movies that you now and, and I remember you mentioning John Reno. Not only him, I think overall they were all really good. Oh, they are. But John, John Reno in that movie was so that, great. Like the, the I really loved co- his character. coffee cup uh, attack. Oh well, that that was um, Sean Bean and Stella, yeah. uh, Robin Bean. De Niro. I've never seen him play such a wussy character, and it, it's such a contrast to what we're you You've know given the spoiler alert, right? Yeah, I've given. Does the spoiler he die? Um, he doesn't. Oh, and I was one wait- of the rare films because he gets he kicked could, off he the should team. Have, he technically should have. That he, character uh, would, it, would have gotten them killed. Can we say that he did? But it wasn't shown. He probably, you know, after after scenes he left, when he left, he boom. Robert De Niro shot done. him. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, before I forget, there is a film uh, we've talked about Todd Salons before, and we uh, you still got to get your bid in, so that gives you a few moments to get oh, your yeah. bid in. I. I wish I'd seen this one. I watched it. It was a short film, about 88 minutes. Todd Sullins did another sequel. I mentioned Palindromes last time about the Don Wiener. Don Wiener shows up in this one. Oh. Wiener Dog from last year. Oh, I've wanted to watch that, actually. Okay. Do so, but no, d- go into it understanding full well. Do not let your wife watch near the end. I promise you she will despise it. Anything with there dogs. Were walk-ups. There were literally... Sundance film walkouts with minutes left of the movie because of what happens and I had read the spoiler and it still shocked me. Oh. Okay. Is it about the, the dog though? It is. Oh, yeah, it is. Um, I don't let her watch dog movies. Wiener Dog is is kind of like have you all seen Cat's Eye? No. Stephen King's Cat's Eye. It's nope. basically think anthology. Yeah, I knew it was an anthology. Com- okay. The dog moves to like four different owners. Absolutely. Right? And yep. the cast, Julie Delpy, Danny DeVito. Um, Kieran Culkin, that's Ellen why I Burstyn. I am He's fantastic. Uh, if, if you've not, you don't have to watch Welcome to the Dollhouse. This is one of those sequels that stands on its own. But once I realized who the character, oh, that's you know, I, it just and had I watched it, that would have probably took the place of Palindromes. Ah, huh. Mike, I gotta say, you make me feel like such a slacker when it comes to movies. <laughs> I'm sorry. Even that whole explanation, I was, I had no idea what like <laughs> any of the references you made. <laughs> 
Anyways, oh. Ben, ben is, it should be noted, Ben is uh, currently in college. Can we say where? Or do you want to hold? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, ben is at Full Sail. I'll let you do um, Sponsorships, welcome. And I'm very proud yes, because he free. is one of my films, one of my first year film students, although he was a film kid before I joined. Um, but I am proud to see him pursuing a career in film. And uh, that's even more reason to have him on the podcast. And it's good, it's good for you to hear other movies and expose yeah. yourself to a world outside of your norm. I will tell you, I, I have learned a ton more about movies just in the couple months that I've been going there, too. So, cool. Which was kind of surprising. Not, I, I don't want to say surprising like I think I know everything about movies because I obviously don't. Uh, but just like how much my knowledge is... Grown. That quick, yeah, because yeah. the classes move quick there. Right, like your yeah. classes are a month long. New classes every month. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's a lot of information being thrown your way. Which gets me back to the movie I just mentioned. Uh, Danny DeVito plays a professor who had also, not quite a failed screenwriter. Ah. And there's this whole thing where they have an interview of an incoming film student. Classic. Oh, and man. And just, just know, uh, like I said, it is dark and... I That's think it's, it's on Prime. I think it is on Amazon Prime. Yeah. That is the reason I. I, I it's, I've, I I've been, it. I, there's so many movies I've been eyeballing, and um, there it's funny because like I will go to watch something, and then I'll look at my time, and I'm like, well, I really can't fit a two hour movie, so I gotta <laughs> find something else, and then I spend half an hour trying to find that perfect movie, and that reduces the watching. Yeah. Absolutely, I, I, it's the same. Do- and, it's a film and then random dilemma. things happen. Last night, my wife randomly picked a movie uh, called Eloise um, on demand. Know. It's a 2017 movie, but it's already on demand, so that says something, right? Um, it, it's, well, now the big star is Elijah Dushku. Uh, um, but you awesome got name. Duck Shoot, uh, Duck Ch- Shoot, Chase Crawford, Brandon T. Jo- Jackson, which Brandon T. Jackson I know from the Percy Jackson films, and he's in Tropic Thunder. He's the uh, mm-hmm. the actual black guy in Tropic Thunder, as opposed to Robert Downey <laughs> Jr. Um, and it's a horror movie. Um, and it, oh, it has a 15 on Metacritic. But yeah, so my wife what's, picked it at random. What's it on? Um, I guess it was on Stars. Oh, oh we don't have Stars anymore. It, I could be wrong. It might have been something. I'll else. look it up. Robert Patrick's in it though, and he's always a good villain. And he, he was, is. He was still kind of that guy. But ooh, look at his face on the cover. That's really you have to look it up. Yeah, it's um, but, but yeah, 15 Metacritic, 4.5, and it it definitely uh. I, I didn't pick it, and I, I watched it, but I was working on stuff for work, too, so yeah. I just was, like... But it comes in at a, a, a svelte 89 minutes, so at least yeah. you only have to... But and, and I'll say, my wife, I don't think she realized it was a horror movie, because oh, my wife doesn't do horror, oh. so I was really surprised when it, like, as soon as it started, I'm like, did you know this was horror? She's like, no. Oh. Like, it even says that horror this? mystery. She, yeah, but she just picked it up. Well, at least you oh, told okay. her at the beginning. The yeah, movie. well, because it was obvious. Like, right away, I'm like, this is going to be a scary movie. You know that, right? Like, there's, like... Do you like clearly, scary movies? Like, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a body horror, because there's some, like, torture... Ooh. There's, like, torture moments yeah. in so, the movie, so... I'm just, I, I'm I like Eliza. I'm right now, and I can tell. Yeah, uh, but I, the reason I say I duck shoot is because that's the mm. nickname Kevin Smith attributed to her when he worked with her on oh on uh, James on Bob Strike Back. There you go, duck yep. shoot, duck shoot, duck shoot. I don't get that reference. Is it Dushku. duck shoot? Oh, okay. That's that's really not a good file. It that would be what I would tell Kevin. Uh, that's um, how I know her. I'm sorry, Eliza. No, I follow right. her on Instagram. She doesn't follow back. Let's get uh, my wager. I'm gonna pick two of Mike's movies. I've seen two. I want to go bigger, but I I just feel like there's so Do many books. It. Well, like, you've already mentioned two books to movies, Dune and then uh, Mist, which I did see Mist, but I was a kid. And there's a chance one of those is on your list, although you may have left it off because you've talked about Dune a few times. I'm not going to say How's my one, poker face one right those, now? One of those I would know. So. <laughs> How's my poker face right now? Uh, or bluffing. about my poker arms? It's like Lady Gaga-esque. Oh. 
Um, went there. Okay, I'm going to show you my poker arms then. Oh, that sounds even worse. You um, haven't seen that TV spot? No. Oh, is this something oh. else that we don't know? Is that the guy who's doing yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's a commercial. I've seen that one. It's, it's pretty funny. All right. So I'm saying I've seen two of Mike's movies. Ben is saying he has seen one. one. We're going to start with Ben. We will go to me, and then Mike will uh, wrap us up here. Um, ben, what is your number five movie based on a book? My number five movie is uh, a journey through uh, a medieval uh, kingdom, uh, a love story, uh, yet a, a, a quirky comedy as well, and it is called The Princess Bride. Ah, well, that's an excellent movie. Uh, very, I, I love it, for one. This was one of the ones that I, I when I looked it up, I kind of knew that it was a book, but I also didn't know it was a book, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I love how the the characters in the film really, I think, um, were almost perfect for it. Uh, like, what's what's the guy's name? The, the, the guy that Inigo Montoya and uh, Andre the Giant work with. Uh, the first guy, yeah, um, oh, oh. An, an the bald guy, very, very smart. Anisio? Yeah, he was, he was in um, Clueless as well. He was a teacher up, in Clueless. But I am a slacker. I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. But um, we just had youth group film night or movie night, and that was our pick because yes. a couple of youth had it as a favorite. Um, it was difficult to read the the audience though because it is pretty dialogue heavy. Vizini, mm-hmm. Vizini, Vizini, yes. Um, well, yeah, my daughter um, w- it was at that event, and we didn't talk about it for about a week. And then uh, we were at FYE in Lakeland, and um, she said something like, oh, that's from Princess Bride. I'm like, oh, did you like it? She's like, I loved it. I was like, mm, I'll see. I can tell by looking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's her, though. She's stoic, man. She doesn't, like, reveal her. her uh, well, when she gets really excited and about something, then. You, yes, that, so when she starts nerding out about it. But <laughs> during the thing, she's yeah, no, absolutely. Po- I couldn't poker tell. face. Um, oh, uh, what's up, Lady Gaga? Gaga? Oh, another Lady Gaga reference already. Right. That, that two apparently, yeah. We, we probably owe her royalty <laughs> rights or something now. Um, um, go ahead, Ben. No, th- this, uh, this is actually one that took me a couple uh, watches to actually enjoy. Uh, the first time I saw it, I think I was only like 10 or so, maybe maybe even younger than that. Um, so I think there was a lot that just kind of went over my head. Um, mm, definitely. In the humor, I'm sitting here humor nodding department. in agreement. Um but yeah, uh, rewatching here, especially in the last couple of years, I've really, uh, it, it's become one of my favorite, it, I wouldn't say it's a very well-known movie. It, it's it, kind of a, it does have its audience. It has, it has a very oh, big, definitely, maybe yeah. a cult following. Right. Even. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, that's probably one of my favorite, uh, cult movies. Yeah, I would. Um, I, there's so many quotable lines in this mm-hmm. movie. First of all, which that's, uh, that's the first thing my mind started doing. What about the R U R O U S S? Have fun yeah. storming the castle. Yeah, well, just uh, my name is Iago Montoya. You know, I have a shirt with a the name tag the name on tag. it that says it. Um, you know, that's, mostly dead. It's great. Uh, it's one of my. Fir- it's probably this and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Um, you, lo- you're, you can admit you're a Carrie Alloy's fan. I oh definitely, but I mean, and Saw, he's great in Saw. I didn't even recognize he's him. He's really good in just about he's anything. He's yeah. he's the the, the main protagonist technically, mm-hmm. um, and then he's in Liar Liar. He's funny in Liar Liar as mm-hmm. the boyfriend slash. He was in, uh, I don't know if you guys watched Psych or watched Psych. I have. Oh, it, I need to rewatch it. There's a character in there that's the uh, lead actor from Psych was in a movie I saw at the film festival this year. Um, uh, uh, I can't. I'm trying to remember the name of the I movie, it's, but it's. Um, I think it's Pushing Dead. That's probably huh. not right. But it's. Uh, it's an AIDS comedy. That's how. The, that's the tagline of the movie. The character has AIDS. 
Um, James Roday. Yes. And it is a fantastic performance. It's a really good movie. I don't think it's getting distribution, unfortunately. That's a tough sell. I mean, The Big Mm -hmm. Sick probably was a tough sell for people, too, Mm -hmm. but that's different. The the illness isn't contagious. Um, And Mm -hmm. but that the reality of AIDS in today's world, though, and that's actually part of the movie uh, is revealing most there's a lot of people who live a completely normal life who have aids because the medication mm-hmm. has caught up to the, now it's expensive mm-hmm. and you got to have insurance and that's actually a big plot point of the film is his insurance runs out and he's now like struggling how am i going to stay alive if i don't have my medication but um the films it's it's uh danny glover is also in it and it's fantastic uh, if you get a chance to see it um totally recommend that that was a, a very big tangent but i just i, I want to talk about it. of course i should get the actual name of it but um i'll look that up as we move on but um obviously mike and i both big fans of princess bride we just made our kids watch it because um, your kids hadn't seen it yet either right? they had not i've been trying well john my son will do this to me and he did this with a couple different movies over the last week oh i remember watching this but i i remember pushing for that film i don't know that i own it but it happened to be free mm-hmm. to watch or you know on one of the yeah like yeah it's a regular they show that on tv from time to time right and it's one that clicked with me i don't know that 10 would have been the right age uh but i mean you might could i think if re- you're younger depends it depends on the yeah. kid too. well i think younger you appreciate the fantasy elements of it even right. the fred savage character who you connect mm-hmm. to in the framing device of him being told the story uh he's a snarky kid to his grandpa he doesn't want to read a book and then, <laughs> and that's funny because it's in the 80s and he doesn't want to read the book when there's really nothing else yeah. i mean now not wanting to well read a book. well he had he had his little he did super have nes uh wow was it a super nes on that or I just i can't NES? recall man i have to look at that again that was such a detail i never paid attention uh, yeah to. Um, it was one of the game systems it may not be super uh, probably regular NES. probably nes um but uh still like he's that kid and then the fantasy element because just like he falls in love with the story you can fall in love with that yep. but as an adult i think all the jokes make a lot more sense because it is very dry humor billy crystal uh he's only mostly dead like mm-hmm. i don't think a kid gets the concept of that <laughs> like especially Quite. the swindling term where he's like he's he has nothing i don't want anything to do with it and it's like whoa Okay, he's only mostly <laughs> dead. Like, wait a minute, you changed your mind. Well, um, and it's again having it with a group of adults that we were there and the kids that were watching. You could tell the adults because I'm like waiting for the line, mm-hmm. and I, depending on the movie and the crowd that we're with, I don't want to be the one saying the line as what or just not nudging someone. Watch, 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 watch us because you know it's it's tough to. There hold. are some movies where I will definitely be that person, and I will <laughs> not be ashamed of it. <laughs> some of them, but I didn't want to do that in this particular case, and. While we're on it, did your daughter show you the the, the case with the title thing? Oh, the uh, the ambigram. Yeah. Where yeah yeah where, I knew it was an ambigram because okay. I got really into the Robert Langdon stories by Dan Brown. So okay, all that oh, stuff okay. kind of fall yeah yeah I, I held the case in front of her and then I, and, and I flipped, flipped it. it out and it took a minute and they did it again and she got this look it was kind of yeah. funny. I when uh, uh, Angels and Demons has ambigrams built into it because that's nice. the Illuminati. Um, <gasps> uh, Shh, don't talk. What's the brands? They that's you haven't seen Angels and Demons or read the no, books? I'm not talking talk about, about the Illuminati. I know, I know, but have you not seen either one? No, I've seen them. Oh, okay, because we're not talking about those. We're just saying people. you're going down a dangerous path. I, right man, I, they're not, tuning in right now. They're probably at the at okay, your door. Let's move on. Um, so, uh, but yes, I did. Know <laughs> Tupac. That. It's a really really cool effect, especially on the cover of the the, the Blu-ray. I do feel like we need to uh, give credit to the writers of the book. I was thinking so that I wrote too. This down. Good call. Uh, the book was written by William Goldman. Uh, so is the book also a princess bride? Uh, the, yeah, the princess bride. Yeah. Cause that's, I'm like looking for my movie. I'm like, I don't know if the novel is by the same name or not. Um, I think it was, well, no, yours is I'm saying for mine, Oh, yours. Uh, but cause I didn't think uh, that far ahead. 
Um, I will do that now. I d actually, un unintentionally, and maybe I just respected the writers. The only one I didn't do it for, I'll be looking it up right now. All right. So um, I guess that's it for Ben's number five. We'll move on to mine. My number five, um, I saw not too long ago. I feel like it was just a couple months ago. Um, it is directed and co-written for the screenplay by Ben Affleck. Um, and it uh, is the novels by Dennis Lehane or Lahan, <laughs> and the movie's Gone Baby Gone. Yeah. Um, this is a Casey Affleck leading role. Uh, we have Ed Harris, Morgan Freeman, um, Michelle Monaghan, uh, who has been in a lot of movies I've seen, and I, I've really come to enjoy her as an actress. Amy Ryan, um, who Office fans will know her as Steve Carell's girlfriend uh, through the later seasons. Uh, Titus Welliver, who is the man in black and Lost, um, and a bunch of other stuff, but that's where I know him because I love Lost. And um, I, I watched this not long ago. Uh, the plot summary, two Boston area detectives investigate a little girl's kidnapping, which ultimately turns into a crisis both professionally and personally. Um, I was really captivated by this. Now, Casey Affleck is, uh, one, he's a regular character on our show, like on our podcast. We talk about Casey Affleck quite a bit because Corey is in love with him. Um, I, I mean, she, she has a crush on him, whatever you want to say. Um, she thinks Remind he's handsome. Um, but, uh he's an actor who I have come to really appreciate on screen. Although from what I hear, his personal stories that, that's, are off. That's my expression, but we'll yeah. expound on that. Is this Casey? This is Casey Affleck. Okay. Yeah. Casey Affleck has some weird stories about him. And uh, as of yesterday, according to the gossip news, his wife has filed for a divorce. Mm -hmm. um, who is, I guess, Joaquin's sister. Cause her last name is Phoenix summer. Yeah. So, um, I didn't realize. Oh, that's a shame. That They've makes been together sense. for a while. Well, yeah, she's apparently filed for divorce, which might mean it might mean nothing. It could be related to the rumors that have uh, surfaced about his behavior on sets with how he treats his co-stars, the female co-stars in particular. Mm. But um, in this movie, I really enjoyed his performance. Um, I thought he was great. I thought the story was really captivating. Um, and I didn't know it was based on a novel, even though, again, right on IMDb, there's the guy's credit for the novel. But I didn't know it when I watched the movie. I've never read the book. I had considered when I was making my list, should I limit myself to books that I've read and then seen the movie? Ooh. And I didn't because I probably would have been yeah. limited to five. Well, I would have been in a <laughs> I was going to say, because you just territory. admitted you just don't have enough time Two to of read. them would have been Dan Brown books. Because <laughs> wow. I've seen both The Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons. And I, it's the updated Tom Hanks episode. Um, but yeah, I did not uh, did not include those on my list either. Um, At that point, I would have had to call you a hypocrite. But yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. Blasphemer. <laughs> um, I do like Angels and Demons. Uh, I don't much care for Da Vinci Code, and I didn't read the book for Inferno. Uh, Inferno, which was a really bad movie <laughs> with Tom Hanks in it. Um, which I think is when we bad? did the Tom Hanks. Oh yeah, it's uh, bad. Not he's he's it Tom was. Hanks. Well, he uh, doesn't play as much of a major role as normal, does he? In, oh yeah, in that and series, it, he does. Does. Yeah, yeah, he's okay. the he's guy. The but, dude. Um, but uh, he's it's not him. It's just the movie's bad. Right. Um, poor Ron Howard. Yeah, seriously. Uh, it's weird uh, how he does those like really great movies and he'll do those, but hopefully he doesn't screw up on Solo. Sometimes he's just got to call it in. What? Well, the reason I'm, yeah, I'm he's directing he's doing Solo, really? he's, he's taken over after it was like three quarters of the way finished. Oh. Um, you haven't yeah, heard yeah. all that? Yeah, your, no, your ear needs to be to the, the grind. He's, he's doing schoolwork. Yeah, you don't got time he's for school. He's got homework. You got that math. Gossip. Gossip. I'm driving got that math class. Right now. That's podcast time, Ben. That is an hour of podcasting that you could be listening to with all the movie news you need. All right, but Gone Baby Gone, have either of you seen Gone Baby Gone? Yes, which was great. And I don't know why I missed, maybe I block Casey Affleck because, and here's the thing, because having listened to part of the Chinatown 
movie club episode where mm. you can oh. separate, you know, the artist from, the art. like, say, their sins. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, for Chinatown, absolutely. But every time I watch Casey Affleck, that's the first thing. And for mm. me, have you guys seen one that's from 2010 with Casey Affleck called The Killer Inside Me? No. I have not. Okay. Which is based... I want to say in a pulp novel, but it, he plays a pretty seedy character. And I wonder, you know, how much he didn't have to really act hmm. because oh. with stuff coming up, uh, you know, it's a horrible thing. So, which is weird. I can forgive, well, I can say Chinatown being the classic. Maybe I need to look at it a different way with anything well, of Casey it, Affleck it, in it. It's another difference. So while Polanski does show up in Chinatown, he's not the lead. You're following Jack Nicholson, who does not right. have that reputation. Polanski's it happened at his house. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, when he and Angelica Houston, I believe, the, if I recall correctly. The thing happened at the house? I believe so. Oh, that's awful. I didn't know that. I believe so. But, I might be incorrect, but I thought I read. Because I usually dig into true, yeah. true crime stuff. I'm like, ooh, that's odd. Do you know who Roman Polanski has been? Yes. He's I, iconic director, mm-hmm. Rosemary's Baby, Chinatown, uh, many other movies. So those are the two that I've seen, so those are the ones I'm going to quote. Um, he uh, he is currently living overseas because the second he steps foot on American soil, he'll go to jail for set, uh, rape. Yep. Statutory to be specific. But I think it. I think the accusations are full-fledged rape. So I'm not picking just up it was on a set of... Uh, no, it was a. He was also a photographer. If I understand correctly, he was. It was a photo shoot with a thirteen-year-old girl oh. that he then uh, slept with, and then fled the country. See, well, and the craziness too. Let's go back to um, Pretty Baby with Brooke Shields when she was twelve. I don't know. Are you guys familiar with Pretty Baby? No. Is the uh, movie? Mm-hmm. Is it yeah. a film and movie? she plays a twelve-year-old in, in a brothel. Oh, mm. did, is this a Polanski film? No, oh, okay. no, but I'm just thinking, Got you know, it. yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, it's very weird. Hollywood's weird. Well, I mean, but uh, Jodie Foster in Taxi Driver is only like 16 or something, right? True, but it, uh, Pretty prostitute. Baby was a whole lot more graphic. Well, yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying she's playing a prostitute in Taxi Driver and she's a minor. Um, not something you generally do in today's movies. But yeah, there's casting that is. Um, but Polanski, uh, Rosemary's Baby features a rape sequence and Chinatown has a plot that dives into rape and then the guy is accused of rape. So it's a little, it's that art separation and here it's Affleck's character in this one movie that Mike was just talking about is a a creepo and he's not that level of creepo but he's still like done some creepy stuff like I, I heard he like crept in this, uh, uh, his co-star's trailer and like mm. she woke up with him spooning her or something oh, like that. Oh, um, yeah, it, <laughs> That gives me the... That's, just yeah. cringed hard on that. That's some creepy stuff. Uh, Mike, were you saying that uh, you couldn't get into his films because of just what you know um, Case, off-screen? Casey, Casey Affleck's, yeah. Because okay. I had a hard... And honestly, Manchester by the Sea, I did get you into, did, but I didn't never finish it. it. Yeah. I never finished it. One, because it's really heavy watch, and two, and I'm carrying the baggage of... right. Yeah. Well, I think that that's uh, that, and I hate to say it, uh, but I think that's on his acting, because I think that if you can't, have make you watched the viewers, any of his, Have you seen anything with him in it? Uh, I saw uh, same as you. I saw a little bit of Manchester by the Sea, but I did not finish that. But that was just because I wasn't a fan of it. Um, it's a, it's a. There's a lot of reasons not to be. I mean, it's an excellent movie, but it's not something you're necessarily going to want to watch. My, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like my whole thing is if you can't make somebody see a character and not yourself i i see what you're saying but mm-hmm. at the same time um 
if you go in knowing Casey Affleck is this guy and that's in your head, this face equals this thing, seeing his face is going to make you have that thought regardless, which is what I brought up Roman Polanski. He's usually, well, again, he is in Chinatown. He's not a, a minor role, and a very only, minimal role. I only a knew good that one, was though. him because I read that it was him. Like, I didn't know one what he looked like. Isn't um, he the one that slices? Yeah, he slices yeah, the nose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, oof, that yeah. scene. That's Oh, my God. I couldn't that believe it scene. happened. Uh, it was just like, in, we're talking about Chinatown now, but man, he... Sorry, we were just following these rabbit so trails good. all over. Um, well, oddly enough, I've happened to watch, going back to Casey Affleck, Goodwill Hunting again. Hmm. I still like, need I need to rewatch that. I haven't watched that yeah, in Yeah, it's years. been a, such a long time, and I'm like... It's it's hard to go back because of the Robin Williams stuff. He, I, Although I have watched several of his films uh, right. since his passing, I, I have not watched that one because that one is a very emotional um, with him. Because the, 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 the way he talks to Matt Damon in that movie is really... It always seems to hit me. Uh, inspirational teachers. I don't know if it's because I want to be one or if because I had a couple myself. Um, but they always those those scenes get me. But um, I, I was watching Chasing Amy the other night, and uh, <laughs> Affleck Casey shows up in it, which Ben's the lead in that movie. But I didn't remember Casey in that movie because when I saw it the first time, I didn't know who Casey Affleck was. So it was just some dude yeah. in line at a comic book convention. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. But he calls he calls Banky a tracer. He's uh, alongside <laughs> Scott Mosier. Uh, Mosier says it first, but then Casey's like, "Yeah, man, you're just a tracer." And I was like, "Oh crap! Look at that! It's Casey Affleck, young young Casey Affleck." Um, Wait a minute! I think we're not even addressing the other elephant in the room: the nepotism. Oh, him getting. <laughs> uh, he's but I, he's he's good. He's yeah, really good in this movie. I I think he's perfect. This is it's got a noir vibe to it, which I'm definitely a big fan of the noir vibe. There's the cynicism that comes in the end. Oh, um, no, oh, the end. Oh, uh, the end. It's so brutal. There's so much. This I I, I actually want to rewatch this because I I I was so into this movie. Like I love detective stories. Um, and I like the way this detective story because it's not. Yeah. It, it there's a mystery, but there's not like. Um, but then there is, and it's uh Man, there's so much greatness in this movie. Although, that's a great description. I just want you to know. I'm trying not to spoil it. <laughs> also, I, you know, you did give the spoiler warning. I'm, so. I'm remembering details as I'm talking. But uh, I have to say, Ed Harris being cast in anything is kind of like Sean Bean being cast uh-huh. in something. You know Sean Bean's probably going to die in the movie. And you know Ed Harris is probably the villain. Like, when I saw the trailer for Geostorm and saw that Ed Harris was in it, I'm like, yep, oh, he's the villain. He created the Geostorm. <laughs> He's the bad guy. Is this oh, uh, oh, that movie looks so bad. Uh, by the way, we're doing uh, our favorite disaster movies for the, when Geostorm comes out. Just a heads up for the listeners. Uh, Sharknado. <laughs> I don't uh, know if that don't counts. Mm-hmm. I have to watch Twister before then because I've never seen it. <laughs> wow. I hate disaster movies. Do you guys know that? <laughs> I'm, I'm about the same way. Um, so I, that, that list is going to be a lot of research for me in the next month. Real but, quick. Um, this was written by Ben Affleck. Right. For Adap- the screenplay. Ad- right. Adapted. Yeah. Um, and he, he co-wrote Goodwill Hunting with, well? yes, with Damon. Yes, what else did he, uh, if you know off the top of your Argo, head? Argo, I'm pretty sure. Um, he was involved with that one, I know which I need to watch. Argo, but I, I also feel like he adapted the screenplay. I'm going to just look because it'll be faster. Um, and uh, he, he kind of got his start with writing because Goodwill Hunting was... Um, I think that was his, his breakout, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but he'd already been with Matt Kevin Damon. Smith. Uh, he right. d- he did Mallrats. And he never and looked he back. Did Chasing Amy. Poor Kevin. Sorry, Kevin. Um, yeah, that's Goodwill Hunting, a movie that I never heard. Of. Oh no, a TV series called Push Nevada, Gone Baby Gone, The Town. That was the one I was forgetting. Oh yeah, The Town. The town's great. Um, well, and, and he leads that, and then Michelle Monaghan is also in that one again. She's oh. in Gone Baby Gone. Nice. Um, and then he just he did not do Argo. He did Live by Night, which bombed, which was from. The oh, yeah, that one. But he, he'll he'll bounce back. And it's funny because IMDb still has him listed as the Batman, but they're they're not using his screenplay. So uh, the, weird. 
Well, he's not. Is he still acting in it? I heard that there's oh. so much speculation oh, no. right no. now. Um, the the most recent thing is yes, but there's the coolest thing, and this will any fan of the Batman animated stuff will probably pounce on this as a hope. But there's speculation that he won't be Batman, but he'll be Bruce Wayne, as he uh, is the mentor that. to. Um, oh man, of course I'm going to forget his name. Batman mm. Beyond. I don't remember. That. I, I know his name the all the time, but I, right now when I need to say it, not coming to me. It's. I feel as like it's Tony, but that's probably not right. It's not Tony. Tony. As, as you're as you're working through that, did you all ever watch Terry Ben McGinnis. Affleck? Terry McGinnis. Sorry. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I I would be down for that because that'd be a really cool passing of the torch, and then he could fade off, and then you have Batman Beyond, which would be really cool. Um, if to done have correctly. Will, Will Friedel. This is the guy's name. The actor. For Terry McGinnis. Oh, oh from okay. The, the okay. voice actor from the animated series. Right. Um, I didn't know his name. <laughs> I, Here, I'll, I'll, I thought I'll, that was what you were. I was trying to remember the Terry McGinnis. I'll, I'll next level y'all with the Ben Affleck because this is the first time I remember seeing him. Voyage of the Mimi. Let's go to your number five, Mike, because we've been on my number five for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Voyage of the Mimi. Gone Baby Gone is my number five book adaptation. Mike, what is your number five book adaptation? All right. Having mentioned John Irving previously, it was tough for me to leave off the world according to Garp. But I wanted to give another of John Irving's works a chance to be on on a list. And this worked perfectly, which we did mention this one. It is, I would call this a kind of a companion piece to The World According to Garp. It definitely would be a good double feature from 1984, The Hotel New Hampshire. On the tomatometer, tomatometer, its score is 77% fresh, 6.0 user slash IMDB score, no meta score, unfortunately. It's probably unusual to hear that an author finds a film to be too faithful to the source material but that's actually what John RV felt that was his sentiment about the Hotel New Hampshire especially during their specific times in the film where the action is sped up so that they could actually include more material from the novel and it kind of kind of do you all remember the Benny Hill probably sorry before your time I remember the Benny Hill, Hill with the yakety sax yeah, where they're yeah. sped up and kind of that's kind of like song. And I was probably a little too young to be watching some Benny Hill, but I knew Benny Hill, and I'm like, oh, that's almost like they were emulating that. So basically the film is chronicling the Barry family as a flashback narration. It begins at a certain point, flashes back, and the catchphrase stuck with me. One of my friends from high school, who I've kind of lost in touch with, was one thing that she said, and I picked up on it. I'm like, oh, you know this movie. Keep passing the open windows, which is from a story that's told to the children, and basically, it's totally applicable to the kinds of setbacks the family has to endure throughout the course of the film. Basically, kind of keep looking up because, you know, the open window, you jump out instead of doing that. Keep passing the open window. And that's that phrase stuck with me and that kind of thing. It's darkly humorous. It's, uh, oh, I didn't even include the cast list. Uh, Rob, I oh, say. I'm looking right at it. It's uh, uh, Rob Lowe, Lowe Jodie Jody Foster, Foster uh, who Paul I Ma- love. Paul McCrane, uh, Bo Bridges, Lisa Bar- Baines. Sorry, Lisa Baines. Seth Green is in it, which yes, I, he's got to be super young. Very young, very young. Um, I don't even remember him, but I saw that he was uh, in it. Natasha Kinski. Oh, know, she plays the um, bear. Wallace Shawn, from, we were just talking about from uh, Princess Bride. Um, Crazy. Uh, and then there was uh, Matthew Modine, Wilford Brimley. Yes. Uh, diabetes and diabetes, and that's the <laughs> names I know. Which that's still that's a but lot that's a pretty. R- I mean, uh, and Rob Lowe and, and Jodie Foster play. I'll be honest, it, the, it's an incestuous relationship. Here's um, a uh, here's a sorry not to cut it, cut you off. Uh, fun fact: uh, Seth Green, mm-hmm. ten years old, ten years old in this movie. In this movie, Jeez. wow, he must have been like I would never what, have thought six he was inches tall. 
and you're he's that means he's eight years older than I am, and I would never have guessed that because because he, he's so young looking. Yeah, he's still young. I just I started watching uh, the Italian job on AMC yesterday. That was on there, yeah. me, um, That he was in it actually because I that's a movie I kind of brushed off as cheesy when it came out. Although, Is that got our buddy Mark Mark Wahlberg? In Mark Wahlberg, it? Jason Statham. Hey Donnie, who, let's do a job. Well, uh, yeah, I, man, we're going on so many tangents tonight. But um, this movie, I I, want, I still haven't watched The World According to Garp, which I almost did the other day because it's on demand right now. It's Robin, and Robin Williams. It's Robin Williams. That would make it tough to watch. Well, no, uh, more reason for me to watch. But um, I don't. I just didn't. I heard it, but it never came up in the conversation until you brought it to the conversation multiple times now, and now I've never heard of this movie. But because of the comparison to The World According to Garp and the cast, I am definitely intrigued. Uh, and I'm kind of intrigued by the books because now two movies that I'm, I very much want to watch that are based on this guy's novels. I'm like, well, I'm curious. Ooh, have, you, have you watched The Cider House Rules? Nope. Really? That's mm-hmm. another one. Toby Maguire. Uh, uh, you lost me. Mm. Oh, come Michael on. Michael Caine. Like Toby. Got Michael Caine. Oh, never mind. I do like Michael Caine. I like Michael Caine. He's a special place in my Good heart. Night. <laughs> Good night, sweet prince. <laughs> Uh, there's, it's very touching. Um, not quite. Not. It's a whole lot more serious than these two. We're looking at Garp and the Hotel New Hampshire. There's, there's not nearly the human. There isn't Wasn't really. There someone else in that movie, uh, Cider House Rules. I want to say Charlize Theron. I don't know. I have to look. There it is up. A, a female lead. Obviously, I thought it was yeah. like another at the time child actor. I was thinking it was the girl that looked like Helen Hunt, but isn't Helen Hunt? Charlize Theron is the female okay. lead. Oh, uh, Lily Sobieski, uh, that's, that's who you're probably The thinking. Glass House, I think, was the movie she was in. <gasps> the Glass House is... No, no, no. Is it, now, isn't there a new one coming yeah, out? I don't know. I haven't seen any of these. These are okay. just movies I know of by well, name. <laughs> okay, there's... there's. We'll talk about that. Okay. Okay. But so... Um, oh, your boy Paul Rudd's in it. Yeah. Oh, I do love Paul Rudd. Everybody I, uh, loves Paul Rudd. It's hard not to love Paul Rudd. He's pretty great. Have you ever... He, every time um, he's on... Is it the Tonight Show that he brings? Oh, Kieran Culkin's in it. Um, the Tonight Show, Paul Rudd brings the same clip like every time. <laughs> like it's like I'm here to promote my new movie, and then he'll show the same clip every time. And it's supposed to be J.K. Simmons, who I'm a huge fan of. That's impossible, maybe to add. Make it a triple, a I John Irving I just, triple. I don't like Tobey Maguire. Like, I feel like he's so overrated. Um, now we're not even talking about the movie that. Was on the list at this point, though. Now we're deviated. Yeah, we've deviated. So let's move on. Um, just I'm just saying, Tobey Maguire's not in that one, so you can. Oh yeah, I'm totally watching the New Hampshire Hotel New Hampshire Hotel New Hampshire. I was gonna just watch New Hampshire, just stare at it, watch the Although sunset. I, I do have to say that your your hatred towards Tobey Maguire, I feel, is a little uh, unwarranted. Do you? I I mean, I grew up watching Tobey Maguire and Spider Man. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the problem. That he's well, an awful Spider Man. <laughs> a lot of people would say that. Yeah, uh, especially have you seen the new Spider-Man? The last one I saw Homecoming. was the one with Andrew Garfield. Yeah, you should watch Homecoming. Uh, Tom Holland is my Peter Parker. Honestly, hashtag Tom Holland. I've never been a fan of any of the Spider-Man movies. Do you like the character? Not really. Oh, see, I love the character. I grew up on the animated series and the comics. Well, we, um, yeah, we've we've talked about the yeah. kind of characters I like in the Marvel DC. The little I, I like Flash. I like uh, Captain America. Those hmm. are very different characters. Yeah, Spider-Man and Flash are closer to each other than than Captain and Flash. You put them yeah, together the in, under one like subgenre of hero. And I, I don't remember what you call really? it. Really? But yeah, I don't because well, Captain America is a Boy Scout. That's what he is. I think that's what you. But Flash is not. Um, Flash is a snarky, witty. I mean, he's teen. a good guy. He's a he's a beacon of hope all the way across the board. Like like as far as every movie or TV show he's ever been portrayed yeah, in. I mean, he's always witty. That's like he, well. 
I would say the TV series that's currently on CW, he's not as witty as he is in the comics. The 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 one you're going to get in the the movies though is going to be the the witty right. kind of jokester of a Flash, and that's the one that you would have grown up with in the cartoons, like the Justice League cartoons. Mm-hmm. He was always cracking a joke. Now he's always been a beacon of hope, and that is also Captain America. Okay. To be Maybe fair, so there there could be that connection. Um, like during the Blackest Night, this is way too nerdy. Let's stop with the comic book talk. Um, but I, I, Spider-Man and Flash share a witticism. Um, that would be the only thing they really share. Um, but actually, they both have really cool rogue galleries too. Um, meaning their their villains are all uh, eccentric and cool. Um, King Shark, <laughs> which isn't a uh, Flash specific villain, but yes, he Still he was well. on the series. Um, but like you have you have Captain Cold, and then you have <laughs> um, uh, Mirror Man and Trickster. Um, um, weather man, weather wizard um the flash has got flash has the second best set of villains in the dc universe with batman obviously having the best set of villains batman's the best all the way across and then um spider-man is the best marvel set of villains in fact that's one of the issues they've had with the villains in all the marvel movies is they all suck like loki <laughs> sucks in the comics loki just was good he worked on the movies but in the comics, Loki's boring. In and the movies, I thought he... Well, yeah. Oh, he's great. In the movie, Hiddleston's I thought he was, great. No, yeah. no, no. And that's the consensus. Every other villain in every other Marvel movie has been kind of hated on. Um, so that's why everyone's really hoping Josh Berlin pulls off Thanos, because Thanos is a beloved villain from the comics, and uh, we don't when's want that, another bad Marvel when's villain. When's the next one coming out? The next Avengers is next year. It's uh, We got Ragnarok coming in a few months, um, which looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taika Waititi directing. Um, it, it doesn't look like a Thor movie, compared to the other two which is a good thing because those first two yeah, are not so great yep the um, only Thor movie i think i'll like and i think that is a popular consensus um but yeah let's move into uh ben's number four um for top book adaptations ben what is your number four uh only appropriate that we talked about um toby mcguire here a little bit ago because Uh-oh, i know what it is um oh do you want to take a guess is it the great gatsby it is it very much is uh Great Gatsby was actually a book I read my senior year in high school, I believe. Um, I guess it's just the... It's, wait, is it Gatsby or Great Gatsby? It's the Great, Great Gatsby, Gatsby, I think. I mean, the movie. The the Great Gatsby. Okay. Um, they really emphasize Gatsby on yeah, the box kinda, art. So I'm like, he's not... Wait. They're not quite as great Gaps, Gatsby. Just, just Gatsby. Modern, um, moderately acceptable G. Gatsby. Wasn't there an adaptation called G? I don't know. There I is another not. Great Gatsby movie that I don't think is very good. There's an older one. No. I'm digging that up. I'm um, sorry. Continue. Oh yes, I should say this is the newer. If Toby, the whole Toby not the, yeah, not the Robert Redford one because no. that's a classic one. Uh, sure. Oh man. Jeez. Uh, call me uncultured. Um, no, Great Gatsby, a book written by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Um, I actually looked up to see if it was ranked on IMDb's uh, top 250, and it was not, which uh, may or may not be surprising to some. Um, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio playing uh, Jay Gatsby and Tommy McGuire playing what's his name? Um, uh, Nick. Yes, Nick. Uh, uh, man, I'm trying to find it. Nick something. Nick. Why isn't he like the first character? Uh, th- their their cast is all mixed. They did up. it alphabetically, so it's he's like way down here. Hold yeah, on. I was about to say I got like weeping slash singing woman as number one on my Nick Carraway. That's what it is. Um. Of course, the the story. I think this was actually written back in like early twentieth century. Um, the story is this: uh, Nick Carraway comes from the Midwest uh, to, to Long Island, not Long Island, up to New New York City, um, and is staying uh, to visit his cousin, I believe. Um, and he meets a, a man named Jay Gatsby, who 
uh, is known very, very much new money in New York City. Um, and he, he was known to work with the, the mob to fix the World Series. Um, very interesting story. Uh, it's a it's a, a love story in that, um, spoilers, uh, Jay Gatsby is throwing all of these lavish parties to try and get um, Nick Carraway's cousin uh, to come to one of the parties because I guess they, they had a history, um, a, a romance that happened years ago. Um, but there are so many, like great lines in this film um, and coincidentally enough the year I actually read it in high school was the same year um, the, the movie came out so we got to take a field trip to go all see that together I actually think it was my junior year now reading it because it was in 2013 so um, so that yeah, was with um, I, I remember which English teacher did that I was um, I saw that in the theater with my daughter and my wife and I, I didn't one I didn't realize Joel Edgerton was in it until just now um, and that he's listed as a, a head of uh, Tobey Maguire for the most like the top build cast um, huh. and uh, I, I've become a really big fan of Edgerton mm-hmm. over the last couple of years um, particularly his uh, Jeff Nichols roles from Midnight Special and Loving which he's fantastic and even though the movie's a little a little slow um, but he's really good in it um, I have, I kind of want to rewatch it now that I realize he's in it because I want to see what like watch his performance because I don't remember him like I I see the picture, it's not coming to me but I I enjoyed the Great Gatsby um I like the use of the modern music mm-hmm. um which is Baz Luhrmann yep, uh, directed trademark uh, and no having known that I probably would have gone to see it ah because I enjoyed his adaptation of oh, Romeo and Juliet seen it? I have not Ooh. however because I will call you uncultured. 1974, Robert Redford, Mia Farrow, I Sam Watterson, Mia Farrow. script by Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wait, to be you fair, need to watch it. To be fair, it was kind of, it was a book beforehand, so the script probably was Right, 1924, and, and 25 F. Scott Fitzgerald. And there's an adapta- adaptation, TV adaptation with Paul Rudd in it. Oh, really? Was it called yes. G? No. Uh, <laughs> I just, uh, there is no G. I thought, I surely. Oh, Othello, they have Well, o. there is O. <laughs> yeah. That's why I thought maybe I was mixing my yeah. movies and. <laughs> but, um. Uh, Mira Sorvino. Uh, what I wanted to point out with Fort Francis Ford Coppola, while I do love some of his movies, he did do the Bram Stoker's Dracula adaptation. Inferno. Which is awful. I don't care what anybody else says. That yeah, but sucks. He um, may not necessarily... I don't know that he... Uh, he may not have done the screenplay. Right. Or n- he may not have directed the adaptation either, the 1974 one. Oh, of Great Gatsby. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't which know I, I that. did see. I did see. So I'm not that uncultured. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't a fan of. Yeah, I, I've heard it's not great like the great expectations there's not supposed to be a good ver- movie version except for the original and that's still not great um but like they did an ethan hawk version See, I of say it. i like the ethan hawk one but it, if you look like critically acclaimed i haven't seen it um but i was doing i we, i read that book in my last year of teaching english we read great gatsby and not great gatsby i'm sorry great expectations and we were looking for the movie adaptation because i was the guy who we read a book we we're gonna watch the movie i'm a movie guy hmm. um and I couldn't find a good, like, a good modern version as far as reviews go. Um, but I, I had the old version, so that's what we watched. Um, but, yeah, that's I, I enjoyed that, that version of the movie. I am a DiCaprio fan now. I was not when I was in high school because he was my rival. At least that's how I viewed him because all the girls were like, oh, Leo. And I'm like, I can't compete with that guy. That's not fair. Um, and so and To I be honest, he wasn't just your rival. He was like most men's rival because girls wanted him. I don't know that he's not our rivals still well yeah but i don't care now <laughs> like, 
that's my like i used to hate all, like all the boy band guys because of that same uh, reason and I now I, I like justin timberlake i feel know. like i feel I'm like the hemsworth brothers have kind of taken over that role though mm, yeah but i mean no not to that extent yeah but. not like dicaprio was when we were well you were in high school i was in high school um sorry i, I was alive you were alive Jeez. yes well, that would imply that you were way younger than me. <laughs> You're what not even alive this? yet. Wait, I just want to tell you guys how old I was. I was dead at the time. <laughs> um, he was your rival, too. I wasn't even born. You were. You yeah. may have been born. 98. Oh, what year's Titanic? Was... Is it 99? I thought it was 97. Now okay, wow. Now that's older than I thought. So then maybe you weren't born. It's Titanic was out. the year that it became like a, a very aware that 97. Was, I don't know man, how I so pulled that. I was fresh out of the womb. Oh my. On the Titanic, it was cold. And even not, then. Not <laughs> oh, you are. He is a time lord. Um. Anyways. uh, No, the set, Mike. The set. Um. All right. Wow. I just got louder. I need to back up off the microphone. All right. Let's go to my number four. It's because um, of that Leonardo DiCaprio hate. Oh, this was real, one. Real quick. Sorry. Yeah. Um. Did you know that Tobey Maguire and Leonardo DiCaprio have been friends for 30 years? Yeah, they've no. helped each other out with different things, too. I financially and that. stuff. I, found, I actually found that out just doing research on, on, on the movie. Gatsby. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um. Obviously, again, DiCaprio has had a better career than Maguire by it. Definitely. By that's not even uh, that's why a question. DiCaprio is the one helping Maguire yeah. out with the money. DiCaprio is also, like, no offense to Toby. Well, maybe a little. Much better actor. <laughs> um, but uh, my number four is a movie that I've loved since I was a kid. And I have to say, I've, I watched it within the last two, three years, and it, it holds up. Uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit from 1988. Um, I didn't know it was based on a book, though. It's And the book yeah. was not called Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It was Who Censored, Censored Roger Rabbit, right. uh, written by Gary K. Wolf uh, in 1981. Correct. I knew nothing about that, and I still don't. Um, the book looks creepy to me. The cover looks way creepier. Like, look at the cover. That looks scary. Like, there's that a big cre- – it's Donnie Darko-level bunny on the cover of this book. Why do you wear that stupid like the, man uh, suit? What is it? Five Nights at Freddy's? One of the oh. – Oh, my gosh. He's bringing it to the, the – animatronics. The, he had to bring the it gen- to his Listen to the generational divide yeah, at the table. Yeah, we're like Donnie Darko. He's like, what's Donnie Darko? <laughs> I do know. Come on. <laughs> Harvey. Harvey the ra- – uh, Oh, you that's even before your time. No, I know Harvey, though. That's, oh, okay, um, okay. Harvey was with uh, – was it Don Knotts and Harvey? No. I, I want to say – He did the fish one. Yeah, that – oh, the Incredible Mr. Limpet. Oh uh, man, um, I, I, I know of Harvey though because he's the uh, he's invisible, right? I believe so. Yeah, the rabbit. I think it was an inspiration to for the Donnie Darko. That makes sense actually. I say. But um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? If you've never seen it, uh, which is possible because it, it hasn't, well, it, it it's it ages very well. In fact, I, I'm still blown away by the animation hybrid with because uh, you have animated characters and you have live action um, actors. Uh, in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and one of the only time, the only time in history where Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse show up on the same screen at the same time is in Roger Rabbit. They share uh, screen time. In fact, uh, exchange dialogue with one another um, in this movie. And it's a film that I, I saw in the theater as a kid, and in fact, I got to skip school um, when they introduced Roger Rabbit to uh, as a Disney character when you could go see him at Disney you know, in the suit and everything. Uh, they had Regis and Kathy Lee live um, filming in Orlando for the 50th anniversary, I think, of Disney World or something like that. And so my mom had me skip school. We went to the live taping of Regis and Kathy Lee. And then while there, they had all the kids in the audience come up on stage and c- have a piece of cake for the anniversary. So I was on TV for like two seconds. Uh, that's my big claim to Is fame. Is it one of those things where like we just see the top of your head? It, it wasn't shiny then. Um <laughs> I, I had hair, but uh, no, th- I was I was actually kind of in the front on accident because like I was like one of the last kids to get up because I was afraid to go up on stage, and so by the time I got up there, I was like towards the front of the stage, so like I was there, but I I didn't see it because I was there, 
So I don't know, but uh, <laughs> surely someone has this on YouTube. Yes, find uh, this Regis and Kathy Lee thing that I'm talking about, and <laughs> that's just bonkos. It. Um, it was bonkos. <laughs> but uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Um, it, it's still a great example because again, the effects in this, the animation hybrid with the live action, it, it's seamless at times. Um, you have Bob Hoskins, who is fantastic in this movie. It does have a noir vibe, so two of mine have a noir vibe to them. Um, you know, you have this. Uh, mystery being solved you have a great christopher lloyd performance um robert uh, zemeckis directed i always forget mm-hmm. zemeckis directed. Mm-hmm. zemeckis has directed some of my some favorite of movies and I, people don't realize no yeah, i yeah, overlook him all the time you don't know until you actually look it up and yeah see like it. Wh- um there was another movie i was just talking about with somebody else that i forgot i knew it was him forgot it was him and then i was like oh yeah that's right it's zemeckis that did it but then polar express which is again uh one of the first mocap um animation which is debatable if that's a good thing or not because it, it's kind of creepy at times but i i do like probably the only misfire and i might be wrong uh, what lies beneath was he was that Zemeckis? was that him uh, with um Har- that's michelle uh, pfeiffer uh, harris uh, harrison ford pew, pew, pew. is michelle pfeiffer the, the female i lead? believe so i'll have to dig it up because uh, if it's not him yes he did direct it yeah see yeah. i would say that that wasn't as i saw it in the theater so did i and i just didn't get into it yeah i don't i don't remember enjoying it, it was a one i think it was a one-off I love, though, as many great movies as he's done, if you go to Zemeckis' IMDb page, his best known for is Back to Feature 1, 2, and 3, as mm-hmm. his best known for. And I'm like, that's crazy, because those are my favorites. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like well, Forrest I, Gump isn't, like, the number one You on would think. Like, but the crazy part is, go look back and dig a little deeper, Used Cars, which my stepdad introduced me to. Robin Williams. Uh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Robin Williams is in a car salesman. Uh, Cadillac Man, I that's believe. That's what it is. Um, Good call. In any case, I was much too young to see used cars, but again, a Robert Zemeckis film. The the fact of the matter is how it holds up, and I didn't think to include it because it's one of those that you don't realize. Like you said, look at the eye lines. Look at the way they did all the shadows and all the when it's animated. There are films now that cannot get that no, right. No, you're completely right. And there's sometimes there's an actor in front of them still. And they still don't get it correct. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he's holding Roger Rabbit by the right, ears. Right. Like how how did you do that? Or and some of the other effects because they kind of have a have well, to have overlapping. We animation. have spoiler warning, so let's. I'm going to spoil uh, Christopher Lloyd, who ends up being, up being a tune. Like the transition when he goes from clearly a human to the mm-hmm. animated, like you don't even notice, and you don't see it coming until it's like oh, the voice. Oh. That really sound like this. You like guys are really talking this up. Oh, dude, I love Roger. Have you seen it? I've heard of it. I have not oh. seen it. Oh, I have it on Blu-ray. I, I am a, <laughs> which I can actually now use Blu-ray. Uh, I, I'm such a Scrooge when it comes to like, uh, expe- I guess expectations regarding films. Not, not that I don't think it'll be good, but it just like the fact it's animated. Uh, partially. It, oh, is it only partially? It's half. That's it's, what we're talking about. It's oh, half okay, animation. Okay. That's what makes it action. so amazing. And not half like half of the film. We're saying like, you're an actor. Right, I'm a cartoon. Right, right. That half. Like we're sitting here talking. And they're interacting as if. And this is it 1988, really is. so this is pre C like CGI exists, but very minimal. Very, no, it was um, like hand drawn animation. Yeah, cells. this is rotoscoping on the on yeah. the film itself. Yeah. Um, I actually did research on CGI before I came here too. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, this movie though it works perfectly. It looks amazing, and then you and have some iconic characters. Ye- almost thirty years. Well, later. and that's you get you get Bugs Bunny, you get a Mickey Mouse cameo, you get uh, I think Foghorn Leghorn has a cameo. Daffy Duck and Donald Duck playing piano against each other um, is one of the funniest scenes Betty ever. Boop. There's also the yeah. anime, the, the rights. I don't know. But how then they the new to... characters of Roger and Jessica Rabbit mm-hmm. are now iconic. They, I mean, um, the, it's uh, and Christopher Lloyd as the villain. 
Um, cause he has this, he, he wants to get rid of the tunes. He's a, uh, the judge okay. and, um, he has this, like, it's a, basically it's, um, like paint, paint thinner. Like he, it's, he calls it the dip. Maybe I dips have him. seen uh, I love this movie. Maybe and it, it scarred your very... psyche so much. It, well, Christopher Lloyd gets disturbing. scary. Yeah. yeah, yeah towards the end, like, you're just like, oh my God. Even it how he dies, it's so familiar. gruesome when he gets ran over and flattened. <laughs> like, but then he's a cartoon, so it's okay. But man, um, <laughs> Uh, it's it's I love I love this movie and even he melts like the Wicked Witch of the West like there's so many great gags in this movie, um, and Roger Rabbit was one of my favorite characters growing up like I had I had the stuffed Roger Rabbit like uh, like bunny I had a little one um, I had the ca- the taxi cab uh, I had like a stuffed taxi cab from the, the movie like big 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 fan if that's not I clearly super excited talking about this movie um, see I'm more of a Jessica Rabbit fan well but... <laughs> my wife is in this house so I'm not trying to get in trouble. Um, She's but, just an animated figure. Well, that's what she says. But um, <laughs> she does. She actually refer- She's like, I'm just drawn. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn this way. Yes. Um, is her word. Because if you haven't line. seen Jessica Rabbit, then you might want to Google that and then clear your browser history. Yeah, I'm a little worried about what <laughs> you're getting into. Because <laughs> um, um, I'm just, I know the internet. I imagine she's been manipulated oh, oh, in so many, many ways. I didn't even go there. Jeez. Well, that's rule, why I warned him about Rule 34. Yeah, Jeez. Everything. All right. So. Man, that's my you took it dark. I didn't. That's what the internet does. Um I kept um my number four, Who Frame Roger Rabbit. We need to move a little faster on these. Mike, what is your number four? All right. Well, despite Truman Capote's issues with the end result and the whole Mickey Rooney, oh how do you go nightly kind of thing. Breakfast at Tiffany stuck uh didn't just strike a chord with me, but audiences since its release in nineteen sixty one. A lot for a lot of this for me has to do with Audrey Hepburn. I mean, I've just loved Audrey Hepburn and her portrayal is highly go lightly and paired up with the way, way long before the A-team George Pippard. Uh, that's the other thing. It was so odd to see him because I'm used to Hannibal, his portrayal of Hannibal on the A-team. Buddy Epson playing uh, Jed Clampett, who makes an appearance to this. I and mean, I'll be honest, full disclosure, and I'm glad we did not limit it to the books we read. I, I haven't read this. I don't even own it. Uh, a copy of this, which I should, as opposed to, let's say, you know, A Clockwork Orange, uh, which I've read and, and watched. I still haven't watched that or read it. it uh, maybe you guys are better people for not. It, I watched it too I'm young. I'm going to watch it. Um, it's on my. I've had my several copies list, of it. So. I, ha- I have the uh, the dual pack of 2001 and. Oh, that, well, that's um, an odd. I'd watch that one and then 2001 to follow up. That's an odd. Well, yeah, there, it's Kubrick. just a Kubrick two pack. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I. I know enough about the movie, and I know that the singing in the rain scene, I know of that scene, so it, it it's, makes it it's, hard it's, to get it's bothersome. in the mood to watch it's the bothersome. movie, yeah, especially because I love that song. So. <laughs> like, but total total 180, because this is the opposite. Breakfast yeah. at Tiffany is totally much lighter and not really as dark. I don't feel like I need to shower after I didn't realize it. this was a Capote book, though. Like I've actually been meaning to watch the, the film Capote with okay. um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Like I, I actually mm. own two copies of it, because wow. I bought one... You know, like uh, Dollar General has those like cardboard copy. Like it's it's not in the case anymore. It's just like a cardboard envelope with DVDs in it for like two bucks. Jeez. So I bought that, and then I ordered it off Amazon like months, maybe six, seven months later. And when I was rearranging my room, I found that I had both. I was like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I guess could, I'm giving one away. So you could watch them side by side to see if see. there's any differences between. There you go. But so in any case, this is one of those that makes me feel a little displaced, as if maybe I should have been born. A decade earlier than I was in the 60s as opposed to having been born in the 70s 
Let's see. Score uh, score report by the number 7.7 .7 IMDb, 76 Metacritic, and 88% on the Tomato I'm meter. surprised there's Metacritic for this. It's only six reviews, but... I, but yeah, I was kind of surprised, so I put it on there anyway. Oh, yeah. No, no. I mean, uh, it's, if mo it's there, A lot it's there. don't. A, a lot don't. Yeah, just because it's an older film, but uh, they must have had um, a screening or something since Metacritic came out, and that's... Because usually Metacritic doesn't go digging for old reviews. I so see. they might have had like Even I know they had a uh, fathom event for this a couple of years ago. So maybe I mean, this is a pretty popular movie. Like yeah, but uh, it's probably one of the more mainstream ones that you'll see on one of my lists. Why I think Metacritic doesn't go hunting for old reviews because it's oh, a it's an iconic film. So the right. uh, Metacritic, you're just you've heard of Breakfast. I still have not watched this film, um, partly because of the uh, the. I, my name's the name's the uh, Mickey Rooney. Yes, the uh, the uh, Asian. Uh, he's not a main character. It's enough that it's a yeah. it's a bother at the beginning and when he is appear the appearance and I could see tr uh, probably Truman Capote can have a fit with that bit. Uh, and I'm, I, I mean, it is bothersome that. Mm, bother and then even really what Holly go lightly because it's not it's kind of alluded to, but not so much. You know, they hint at what she is and does, so. I need to. I definitely need to see it. Um, I've actually been. It's it's on something now. I don't remember mm -hmm. what service. It's I can't available, remember, but, but I, I, I remember I need to seeing watch it. it again. And I was like, I should probably watch this. It's never been a movie that's drawn me to it, even though I grew up in a time where the song was very popular. Moon River and all its incarnations. I've heard so many versions of it. Breakfast at Tiffany's is a song where the guys in. The, oh, the I'm talking th about the actual song. Yeah. Oh no, no I'm no. talking about the guy who sings the song about the movie no. and his girlfriend and him enjoying the movie. That's not what got me into the movie. I watched it prior to that. Okay. Like what about like Breakfast at Tiffany's? She said that we thing? have nothing in common. Um, no. I think it, we both liked well, it a lot. Yeah. I said, okay. Anyways, um, that's, that's all I really know. And then, uh, <laughs> I am a Bruce Lee fan. I think I've said that on the podcast um, before. I'm a, I was a big, big Bruce Lee fan growing up, especially. And so Dragon, the Bruce Lee story came out um, when I was a kid who I was already a big fan of Bruce Lee. And then I got this movie that was a biopic about Bruce Lee. And um, there's a scene where he takes his will become wife later, Linda Lee. Uh, well, um, he takes her to see breakfast at Tiffany. So the scene they show in Dragon is the scene with um, why can't I remember the dude? Mickey Rooney. <laughs> uh, uh -oh. And his oh, reaction so probably to because that. of a point of contention. Because it is because he's watching it and they're all laughing. And here is Bruce Lee yeah, like, probably that's very supposed insulting. to be me? Like, mm. am I this guy? And yeah, it, and it was. And that's that's in Dragon. Now, in real life, did that happen? I have no idea. But in Dragon, the Bruce it Lee makes story. For a good it makes. And so I've always had as a Bruce Lee fan when I was a kid. <laughs> You're holding a grudge, grudge from man. Bruce I got to honor my hero. You know what? I think he could stand up for himself. Oh, he, he I, well, not anymore. You stop that. The Illuminati probably has a... Oh, He's been dead for a long time, guys. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Still. It's I mean, like making a Brandon Lee joke. He's been dead for 20 years. Stop it. <laughs> that, was, that was still pretty good, though. Yeah. All right. Um... My friends used to torture me with like like he's got worms like because he's in the grave when I was a kid. That's right. So. A lot of good being fit does for you. Yeah. <laughs> you should just eat pizza. I'm like, okay. Mm. And now I'm here. All right. <laughs> uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Ben, you've not seen it either, I take it? Uh, I've seen like the first 20 minutes of it. Oh, really? In yeah. film class? No, actually. I watched them. I watched 20 minutes on my own. Oh, good for that you. It was all a me decision. <laughs> a me decision. This is for me. It was, on, it was on Netflix, by the way. If you, if oh, that might be where I saw it then. Yeah, because I've been, I've again, I've been eyeballing it. It's a movie I know I need to watch. It's on my gap list for sure. All right, well, let's move into Ben's number three. Ben, that, that was my one, by the way. 
so far that is one that I n- I have heard of on, from Mike Smith. No, you oh, have to watch it. it. You have, you to, have to, to watch it. it. Oh, well, uh, I no, no, you're not no? changing the yeah, rules. Yeah, no? you can't. Twenty minutes. Well, the rules re- really weren't set. <laughs> from well, the I assumed you listened to the podcast, <laughs> but my. <laughs> Uh, if you step in the lobby of the building, does that count as having been in it? Y- that's, yeah. a, that's a How I Met Your Mother yeah. episode. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> that's a whole different context. Uh, yeah, very much. Uh, I don't want to get into that context. I mean, literally, uh, yes. but um, so <laughs> <laughs> The whole building? The <laughs> but it's the whole building. <laughs> um, all right, Ben, what's your number three? Uh, uh, this Uh-oh. this could be completely biased on my end. Mm. But... um. I actually uh, a book by Winston Groom uh, yeah. is oh. number twelve on the IMDb uh, top two fifty. If anybody wants to take a guess off the top of their head, I don't know the Winston Groom, Forrest Gump. Yeah, yeah I, I was going to guess yeah. Forrest Gump just because of Tom Hanks, but it's yeah. the only um, adaptation of his that I'm it's, aware I, of. I don't know who that author is. Winston Groom. Yep. Nope. Boy, you got to go I to the ivory books, tower. Man. I don't do books. <laughs> I, don't know I, I, I wish I could remember the line that Sean Connery did to the, the one Nazi. About the books. Are we doing from Indiana Jones? Not yeah. Oh, dude, I don't remember that. I saw that movie when I was a kid. I haven't watched the third one in a long That's time. That's why Clippers like you should be reading books instead of burning them. I did see that in the theater, though, because I was a big oh. Indiana Jones fan. So when it came out, my mom took me to uh, to see the, the, the most recent one. Um, but I don't. I think that's the only time I've ever watched the uh, that one. It that's, was in the theater. That's the Chicago way. Ooh, I don't even know what I just did there. Anyways, Forrest Gump. <laughs> yes, uh, number three on my list. Um, obviously, yes, I'm a big uh, Tom Hanks fan. Uh, if if none of you knew, uh, I'm, I'd be shocked if you didn't. Um, <laughs> Tom Hanks. Uh, really, the CGI work uh, that they did and and um, making it seem like. Forrest Gump was actually in the historical events, uh, yeah. like m- meeting JFK and and uh, uh, the Martin Luther King Jr. speech where he was standing in the back. Or no, 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 no. what was it? Um, I've got to go. Of course, I can't think about it. That's good. That job. was JFK, wasn't it? That's that was Richard Nixon, right? When he's. Or yes, oh, yeah. that's a shot in the buttocks. I'm sorry. A shot I think in the buttocks. I, I drank JFK. a lot of. Got to go I've got to go up high. Yeah. I just actually uh, watched the second half of it. It was on. Um, it was on regular TV like a week like a nice. week ago. And my wife turned it on, and we—I've seen it before, but I'm saying we like—I hadn't watched it in a few years. Um, well, you have a list of Tom Hanks movies you haven't seen. Mm, yeah, but that's not one of them. Um, no, yeah, 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 I'm yeah just, I've seen Forrest Gump. There's a lot um, that you need to see. I've seen a lot of his. I actually—you haven't seen a lot of his new stuff. Have you seen Hologram for the King? No, I've seen that one. Um, oh, jeez. And uh, but, um, my name I, is Paul. One, this is between y'all. Did you, do you know Princess Bride? Uh, the princess Robin is, White, is right? Jan yes, a, uh, John I, and she also trains like, Wonder Woman. Say that she does. I was uh, like so she excited what? to tell my daughter she trains Wonder Woman in the Wonder Woman oh, movie. Really? She's her aunt and trainer. Um, I really need to get to the theater. It's tomorrow. really good, man. You need to get a movie pass. <laughs> She's awesome. Uh, no, well, that came out in '94. Yeah. Forrest Gump. Uh, yeah. So that long ago? '94. Yeah. I know. Um, that was pre-Ben. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, there's going to be a lot that's going to be pre-made. Yeah, right. yeah. Whole, like a hundred years, years of movies. Yeah. <laughs> years, um, but no, I've I've always been uh, amazed at how, and I've always wondered how they did it uh, to get Forrest Gump actually look like he was in these these moments in mm-hmm. history. Um, and I'm assuming it was just a. I still don't. Even, I'm not even 100 percent clear on it. But I'm assuming it was just a clever green screen with. 
Um, uh, there's probably you know, some manipulation stock footage with the, yeah. and stuff like that. I, I haven't done any have research. Have to process on, it a lot. I mean, Zemeckis has no no yes, no stranger to tech like that. Yeah, I mean, between Back to the Future was ahead of its time with a lot of its effects. Um, and again, that those movies look great now, mm. and you know we're using old effects. And same thing, Roger Rabbit, uh, as Mike pointed out, is leaps and bounds ahead of its time by doing that hybrid animation live action because you have tons of problems with it now. Um, and that movie just is is exceptional. And then uh, Polar Express, which is a more modern movie, he he's got he is really good with these yeah, effects it's, integration. It's, it's, it's his, I mean, he's very good at what he does. Yeah, and he I think he's. He actively he, seeks out people that are he good. He doesn't at what get they, respect like Spielberg or even though he's friends yeah, with Spielberg. Totally underrated. Yeah, totally underrated. Totally um, underrated. And it's does a shame. Have a, a new movie coming out in 2018, I think. I don't, he know, just, I don't he even had know the it's walk. Named yet. The walk came out with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, 2015. Hmm. That Zemeckis did, that which it's a, it's based on the Man on Wire, the true story of the oh, guy yeah, who yeah, did the yeah, tiger walk. I wasn't a fan um, of it. I wasn't a fan. It's not a great movie. But the visuals in that movie are fantastic. When he's on the wire and the shots that you get of the looming towers, like it's and again. There are no twin towers when he makes this right. movie. So, like having to one create a a in construction twin towers, mm-hmm. it, I mean it was mm-hmm. it was a feat. Like there's a lot to it. And Gordon Levitt's uh, the framing device I thought was kind of unnecessary of him telling the story about the time he walked yeah. on the towers, and and what we keep doing this. But um, although it was interesting how they did it though, right. yeah, just, yeah just the whole, the, I did see that scene where they're having a sneak and finagle well, yeah. and then even like when it's he's actually when yeah, he's actually yeah, yeah. walking on a rope um he's actually walking on a rope yeah like that's, it's not that's not surprising with gordon levitt though he is well, he's a committed actor yeah, one of my favorite going back to to forest uh, not that it's derivative because it's not uh are you how much woody allen have you all watched i i've seen like four okay. like Andy was, hall and then um blue jasmine uh, okay. all the, his newer stuff after that. I mean, uh, this one's a cla- uh, an older one, and it, you, it's I couldn't tell you the names of the ones I've seen. But okay, I've seen a few. but so we're we're aware of Woody Allen. Uh, a lot of what Forrest Gump, the way he's put in, there's an older, and I forget the year. I'd have to look it up. Zelig, I might be mispronouncing. Z e l i g, the character is fit into pieces of history and they would do it on lap like what, that. You don't remember the movie? That's the, that's the name. Oh, Zelig is the yeah. movie? Oh, yeah. okay. I'm sorry. I thought that was the character name. It's and both. The character it's name. both. Um, I don't yeah. remember seeing that one on his list. That's an older uh, It must be like uh, pre-Annie Hall. Oh, no, it's after Annie Hall. Huh. Oh, uh, I thought it was much older than that, but it, I need to watch it because I was aware but Forrest Gump did it really well. He has so. several movies that I've been meaning to watch. Like I, I own Manhattan, and I haven't watched it yet. Um, There's so many. Yeah, well, he's done well, essentially a movie a year. For and another last, like, director where we have to see the, the separation art of versus, art. Yep. yep. Which is getting worse because more and more stories keep coming. Are coming out, up. Yep. Um, about and how awful he is. Um, but I wonder if he used yeah, Jello pudding. Forrest Gump is a movie that um, non-movie people usually have in their top five like people yeah, who don't yeah. you know, aren't obsessive or it's doing easily accessible it's yeah. a great one but it's i wouldn't say it's in the top five though uh yeah it's not i mean me. it's in this top five but yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, <laughs> overall. wait what no, you forgot the i don't understand five. <laughs> wait there's oh, so it, much it, it is it's, it's, a couple top it's five. easy to watch it's it's easy to fall into especially like if it's mm-hmm. on and you catch it it's hard to walk away from it because it is so easy to watch, and he's very likable, and there, it is inspirational even because yeah. you have a character who's written to be a failure, and he constantly overcomes. He's the ultimate underdog. He mm. overcomes over and over and over again. Every time someone doubts him, he rises to the occasion and above and beyond the occasion. And so, yeah, it's easy to fall in love with that movie and that character. 
but I agree. It's not a movie that I would put in my. It's not in my top fifty. Um, like literally, I have a top you fifty. That? Wow. I have a top fifty on Letterbox uh, of my top okay. fifty movies of all time. Although it is Jeez. no, it's by no means finished. Mine, mine changed too rapidly to even. Have Which a... that's <laughs> type kind of my motivation though is I when I I am a, I am a newest is always better is not what I. It's not a philosophy I actively practice, but I'm becoming aware that it's a philosophy that I subconsciously practice. Right. So movies that I've seen more recently. That's or, just ageist. Well, I just, it, because I'm more connected with them right now. You know what I mean? Like in a month or two, like right now, the big sick is on my top 50. Will it be in my top 50 in a year? I don't know. Will it hold up over time? Where like Jaws, Jaws is pretty set in my top 50. Like I love Jaws. I can watch Jaws anytime. And exactly. It, and um, Also from a book? Yeah, I, which is not on my list, but it was. Oh, I sure it was. would have thought. Um, and you know, it's funny. All these lists that I did look at, uh, Jurassic Park was not listed. And I'm like, uh, book. <laughs> like, are you serious? I, w- I will say it's in my honorable mentions. It's, I left it off of my top five because it's a movie I've talked about several times. So I decided not to include it. Same well, that didn't stop me from doing Forrest Gump. But. No, but you've only been <laughs> in a couple episodes. So it's okay for you to yeah, do Yeah, but it. I think every single. No, 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 no. It wasn't overrated. I was expecting a Tom Hanks uh, movie on okay. your list, though. But all right, let's move on to my number three. Um, and I've been actually this this movie has been on my list and taken off of my list multiple times. So I was like, I'm putting this in and this right is at now. Three. This is at three. Okay. So I've had this on other lists, and then it ne- I don't think it's ever made it into a final list that I've actually done on the podcast. Gotcha. So this is a Coen Brothers film, um, and it's one. I am a huge Coen fan, and I don't think I've included their movies enough on my list because I I am. If their name's attached, I'm watching it. Um, I'm that kind of a fan, even though there's still movies I haven't seen of theirs. Uh, the movie's based on a Cormac McCarthy novel. You know what it is? Um, no, uh, no Country, no country for, for Old Men. Oh, um, uh, from 2007, as a Metacritic 91, uh, a very sad 8.1 IMDb, because it should be a 9 or 10. Yeah, that's um, wrong. That's it, well, it's, it's an easy movie for people not to like because of the ending, because it doesn't give you full closure. There's a lot of things left <sighs> on the table. Um, and not everybody, not your casual movie fan, is going to like an ending like that. But I, it, it's a great choice, and it doesn't pander to us. And you're like, and there you go. You have an amazing performance by Tommy Lee Jones, which is an actually very subdued performance by and Tommy Lee Jones. And our man Thanos. And our man uh, Josh Berlin, who's becoming one of my favorite actors. The more I see him, I love Hail Caesar, another Cohen film with him in the lead. Um, and he's also not just Thanos, but he's going to be Cable in Deadpool That's right. 2. That's right. should be. Um, he, Which homeboy is becoming about. a beast. He, yeah. His arms are huge. I, I am a big Josh Berlin fan. Woody Harrelson shows up in No Country for Old Men, but you cannot talk about this movie and not talk about Harvey Ar- Javier Bardem, who plays the With iconic the villain of Anton Chigurh, um, who is so creepy and so menacing. This was his breakout film, wasn't it? It was, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and he got absolutely. an Oscar nod. If uh, I think the award actually for um, his performance, uh, I'm going to confirm that, but I'm 90 percent sure I'm right. Um, but what a performance! Oh, I mean, it's so just so he creepy. Hit. It's yeah, like he uh, won best performance by an actor in a supporting role, Javier Bardem. Um, and then they also won best motion picture. Um, so no surprise, this is on my top five, I guess. Uh, best achievement in directing for the brothers, and then best writing adapted screenplay uh, for them as well. I love this movie. Um, I watched it for the first time the last year, so very very late to the Cohen party, except for like some of the. The more accessible ones, like No um, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, but um, I went on a binge and I got to see. I, I still haven't seen um, Blood Simple because of accessibility. I just I it's can't tough get to it. Find. It's on Criterion. I just haven't shelled out the thirty dollars for the Criterion Blu-ray. Sponsor us, um, please. Um, <laughs> but 
Do you and, have a patron? Um, we do. Uh, we need to really push that more. But um, we, I, I've seen basically every movie except for Hudsucker Proxy. Um, again, accessibility. I, it's just I don't. And own it. it's okay if you uh, well, unless you're it, a completionist. Is it Cruel Intentions that with Clooney and it's the Clooney and um. Not, not Cruel Intentions, but I know what you're talking about. I Cruel Intentions is the... Yeah, that's... Oh, Ryan yeah, Phil very Bay. different movie. What am I talking about? Um, um, I can't think of what it is, but I haven't seen that one. Something Cruelty. Yeah, uh, Intolerable Cruelty. Thank you. Um, and I own that on digital because I, they had a five-pack that included Hail Caesar and four other Coen's films. Um, just I just haven't watched away. that one. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, I, I was, it was a great deal. Um, so I, I snagged that five-pack because I wanted Hail Caesar anyways, and it was uh, uh, Simple Man, um, which is a great movie. Um, I love another film of theirs, uh, uh, The Man Who Wasn't There with Billy Bob Thornton. Mm-hmm. It's Which a noir-style film. Oh, my God. I'm going to be honest. I've only ever seen, I think, two Coen Brothers films. And I know Which one of them is a brother because I showed right it to now, you. And okay. uh, Hail Caesar. Oh, Hail oh, Caesar. Oh, there's so many to watch. Oh, them. Barton Fink is one you should go home and watch tonight off of Netflix. Like, see, I would recommend... The, they're all great. I can write they are, but I would recommend... Um, no Country? What was that one? No, 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 no. Uh, Barton Fink? Um, True Grit is great. The yes, no, Jeff okay. Bridges. I, I've seen um, the name's escaping me. You know, what's the monster movie? Uh, Irish Mob. Oh, uh, oh my God. Um, I know. I went blank. What, why can't not I think of it? Uh, like Miller's Crossing. Thank you. Miller's Crossing. Which is yeah, that's one. really that good. That one you need to watch. Gabriel Byrne. Is is that right? Marsha Gay Harden, Gabriel Byrne, Albert, uh, Albert Finney, John so Polito. Um, I know all the people. I, mean, I couldn't remember the name. John that said, I haven't even seen No Country for Old Men. No Country for Old Men is a definitely which, uh, must watch. Which I was going to say, if you guys want to spoil the ending, I will take my headphones off and put oh, no, my ears. No, no we're, we're good. We're good. Um, I mean, not just for the fun I mean, of it, but if there's I, something you want to talk about. The actual ending, if I tell you the actual ending, will not be a spoiler because the actual ending is very anticlimactic. Nothing it's really happens. Very confusing. Um, no, it's it's just it's a it's a man sitting at a table talking to his wife. That's the ending. Oh, okay. Um, and it it's talking about the themes from the film in a very kind of open-ended ambiguous way and there is a scene before that I that know how i feel about that that makes you question well that's and that's why it has an eight instead of a ten okay. because there are people who have that well, opinion I mean, fargo had some similar I mean, I similarities it, so to that could. yeah it does but fargo i feel is much more straightforward much and, and closed yeah it you know what happens right there is a a moment in this movie where two characters cross paths and you can't there's a debate on whether or not they're aware of the fact that they cross paths and that mm. is one of the things that a lot of people either like they or dislike it, yeah. depending on it they, they get stuck on do they want to they want to know did he know or did he not and that ambiguity uh bothers them but i i love their work um they're very quirky uh there is a new george clooney movie well george clooney directed a movie called subserb um suburbic oh man i can't think what it is now it's it's a play on uh, suburban um Suburbicon, I think is what it's called. And uh, it stars Matt Damon and um, Julianne Moore. And uh, immediately, I was watching the trailer. I'm like, this looks like a Cohen film. And sure enough, they are co-writers on the huh. screenplay. So I, I was as like, As soon okay. as I saw Matt Damon, and like just what he wears and stuff, I, I knew right away. Yeah, and But it's Clooney directed, which makes sense because Clooney's worked with the Cohen several times. So he's definitely got a sense of their uh, their tone. So if someone non-Cohen is going to direct a Cohen film, Clooney's a good Clooney. pick yep. um, for sure. And I, I don't know if Clooney's directed before. I'm sure he has, but I don't know. Well, I don't I know if say, I've seen I, it. I never heard of anything directed by George Clooney. But it doesn't mean he hasn't done it. Um, you know. Sure. Should be interesting. I mean, yeah, for what it's worth, I haven't heard anything. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I, it's one. That I it looks good, and I am again. I'm Cohen fan. If you did, you see Bridge and Spies? 
Yes, they did. They they did a rewrite on the screenplay. So the screenplay that okay. you saw was a Cohen's touch, although it doesn't have the Cohen's tone like because it was a rewrite. But okay, so they, it's only minimal. Yeah, it's minimalist. It's minimally as uh, opposed to. I Taren. guess they they fixed it. Is yeah, what I they polished it. They, they're they're. They are in my top five directors uh, on and off. Like and they come and go from my top on five. On and off. Well, they because should... I have new directors keep popping up and pushing uh, things they down. They should be a mainstay. They probably are. I don't remember if I listed them when we did the top five directors, if they were on my list. But um, that's my movie. Number three, No Country for Old Men. Sorry to go on a rant again, but I can't help it because I love them so much. Um, Mike, what is your number three? Well, anyone that has a minimal knowledge of me knows that sports aren't really my thing. So if you don't know me very well, let me just put that out there. It's not. Sure, I might take an occasional soccer game, and I might tune into the Olympics or the Super Bowl for the ads. That's my excuse. I always watch the ads, although they have dropped in quality. But to have a vested interest in a weekly game, no. I mean, I've got a nephew who was in tears. I think, what was it, the Golden State Warriors, I guess. They choked or something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I stop I, watching sports when I get there's it. There's a lot I know about sports. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know. And I just know. And Maybe. I might be able to do some stat you know, stuff. I think for me, I got out of sports when I realized that I was older than all the athletes. And I was like, yeah, nah, I'm see, done. I didn't, <laughs> even, I didn't even do that. For I mean, me, I it's getting to a point where like a lot of the See, rookies. it's a very divisive yeah. topic. So that's it. My pick would probably shock anyone and will probably surprise you all. 2011's Moneyball by Michael L. Lewis, the author. Mm-hmm. 7.6 IMDb score, 95, I'm sorry, 94% fresh on the tomatometer, 87 meta score. So it's it's pretty up there. Um, I can't, I, I, I can, I can specifically put a pin, uh, I can pinpoint exactly who it was. Uh, Meg Horahan, uh, who was one time from Blogger. Blogger was uh, taken over by Google mm. way long ago while I was working uh, in IT in the early, early days of blogging, Blogger made it much more accessible. She yeah. and Evan Williams, who was a one-time CEO of Twitter, would go oh. on. And this was way before people were doing this as a regular basis. They would just go on and work. You could see what they were doing in the office. And there would be things, and they would write. And it, it was not quite a cult of personality, but stuff would stick out. And this particular novel, uh, not a novel, it's actually a nonfiction piece, came up, and it was intriguing. And as they would code and work, we would watch and see... So she wouldn't. Uh, Meg would have all sorts of books. This one was one of them. Another amazing piece of nonfiction, Nickel and Dimed, which I, I won't get into too much, but just it's totally worth a mention. If you don't already follow them, I highly recommend them. I know they have. I know she has an Instagram. They have had various incarnations of websites and whatnot. Uh, Jason Kotke, K-O-T-T-K-E, I believe. He's also along those lines. So, and anyway, I made it a point to get my hands on a copy of the of the book, uh, Moneyball, full title, Moneyball, The Art of a Winning an Unfair Game, and I just poured through it. So when it was announced that it was going to be made or adapted into a film, I was really skeptical. It really didn't seem like something that could be translated to film, and my easiest analogy would be, think Brad Pitt and World War Z. Because, <laughs> I mean, that is nothing like, you know. No, but that, that book was... It was... T- it, <sighs> To adapt it, it could have been adapted in three, like that book, while it's not long, three parts. Well, even if you did three movies where you do the before, the during, and the after, which is kind of what I think they're supposed to be doing, but they they definitely took a lot of liberties um, from the book. So, I I mean, I was worried for Moneyball because I I don't remember the timeline as far as, but 
because I didn't catch this at the theater. No. The cast list is phenomenal. It made me feel a whole lot more, speaking of that, more than just a bit guilty that I didn't actually spend box office on it. Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill in an understated but still humorous and not obnoxious no. role. He, he's showing off his acting chops in mm-hmm. this. Really understated. And I believe that character is made for the film, if I recall. You've correctly. seen this one, too? Yeah. Wow. There's so the one. I, I've seen one of... of I think uh, you're trying to okay. Uh, the late Phyllis Seymour Hoffman, Robin Wright. There we He's are. becoming quite the uh, the trend in this. In Robin this Wright, list. three yeah. of them. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. She's our girl, and Chris Pratt, who was actually playing a baseball player. I, for, I forgot a, he's in that. Yeah, he's yeah. really good. In well, it. an interesting trivia bit. He was told by the casting people that he was too fat for the role. So we had to keep working out, and he would call in at the cast. Yeah, at the cast that had cut to Star Lord. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what happened? Well, I think this might have been the one he really wanted the part. Yeah, and I mean, it's a great every everything in it was just worked really well. The balance between the game, the back end, what happens between management and coach, and it, it's all a well-oiled machine. The viewer, especially one like me, that's going to be unfamiliar with the Oakland A's, unless you were an Oakland A's fan, you will know what happened. Uh, you'll be left guessing as to what exactly the character, uh, Billy Beans, Brad Pitt's character's name. As little as I get into sports and involve myself in that way, there are a handful of films that stand out as far as sports genre. This is at the top of the heap. And, it's really good. And on top of it being an Although adaptation. Although I wouldn't call it a sports movie in the sense that it's not... It's not a, a tip. It's an atypical yeah, sport. Not, not, maybe that's what appealed to me. Yeah, you're not watching a lot of the games. Like, majorly, you watch behind tons of games. Right. It's more the behind the scenes and right. the mechanics of True. it. And even uh, them I mean, breaking ba- down the mechanics boiling, in a yeah, new way. Boiling um, it down to a science. Which was really interesting. And obviously, and completely it worked. unorthodox. Um, and I don't. I feel like so. Um, another team used a similar pattern. I think the Red Sox did when the Red Sox won the series. They, I think they tried used, to. Well, he, 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 he moved started, to the he moved to the, yeah. yeah, that's and, what I thought. And he may he he kind of patented the system. It's still, I believe, it's still in existence. It, there, are, I know there are a couple of teams that still use it. Yeah, but so. I, it's definitely not a guaranteed. Like no, it, no, it worked the no, first it, time. It was lightning in the bottle, so but to speak. Just the but, way that the MLB is, as far as how uh, teams are allowed to spend their money, mm-hmm. it's a. Uh, it system was a, that would very, very it, much benefit. It's a balancing act for the teams that didn't have the big bucks to right. buy the Absolutely, big players. Absolutely, definitely. Which, is, which is what the, be fair, where yeah. the Oakland A's it's, were. It's a lot like old money when you look at sports teams like that because the Dallas teams... Cowboys versus... Yeah, you're mm. going to have the teams that are iconic that people want to play for and they have the money to pay you because there's teams that have the money but nobody wants to live in, in like, you know, the weird cities. Detroit. Like, yeah, they, well, I can live in New York. Why would I live anywhere else? Like, kind of thing. That's, you know, those are the big markets that you want to be in. Right. I mean, there's so many more opportunities that come with it, too. Yeah. Just, just living in that. Well, yeah, because, so. I mean, marketing alone, mm-hmm. you have so much local marketing available that you're going to be used and stuff and you're going to get extra money. I mean, it, it, as a business, as an athlete, you know, looking at it as a business, it makes sense to look to go there versus like again um i'm trying to think of like a smaller market like uh well uh the memphis grizzlies which i don't think is the team anymore are they no they are they used to be vancouver that's what it was they switched from vancouver to memphis i don't remember Um, that that was the the year they were the expansion team we had two canadian teams come in at the same time the raptors and the grizzlies but the grizzlies left the raptors the only basket basketball yeah basketball was my sport for a long time um i just i i'm definitely not up on it right now um well there's there and you bring up the money part and there's a excellent scene between i believe billy bean and david justice regarding the money you know i'm still making this well what do you think we're paying no they paid because they don't want you yeah they're willing to pay Pay your salary to to not not have have you you. (laughs) and that was and just 
I mean, he totally got it right on the head. Okay, bye. Yeah. It's it's like uh, whatever, um, but yeah, I I just watched that last year for the first time during okay. the, the challenge, and I loved it. Um, and I don't know why I put it off because I love sports movies. In fact, even now when I'm not as into sports, I still find myself drawn to sports films. Um, I can't think of the most recent release, but I mean, I watch I've rewatched Major League in the last six months. <laughs> um, I, but the it's one of your favorites. It is. And the replacements uh, is great. Was replacements great. is really good, and. Um, you know, even like the the kind of hated any given Sunday, I still find joy in. Which I think we you said you even like that one. I did. Um, I don't love it, but I, there's stuff in it that I I don't know if I could rewatch it again. But I've seen it at least twice. Like it's that you know. I went for that. Um, but so I am a fan of sports movies, and for some reason that one I think because I knew it wasn't going to be a traditional sports movie, I maybe was like I don't know if I want to hear all this. I can see that behind the scenes. But, dialogue heavy. But, and which you now pay. though I'm very big in dialogue. But I think as a kid when it, I mean it wasn't that long ago, so I don't know why I skipped it. It was 2011. Yeah, six yeah. years. Yeah, I don't know why I skipped it. I'm um, the complete opposite though when it comes to sports movies, where I'm a I'm such a big sports fan, uh, but I will stay away from any sports movie like it's the plague. Like, I haven't even seen um, Rocky, any of the Rockies. Any of the Rockies? I've seen parts of them. Dude, you uh, got it. Yo, yeah. I, I, I know. I was like you for a long time. I, I just can't stand watch sports Rockies. Rocky is fantastic, but more honestly, Creed. Yeah, um, I, I, I think, jump, have you seen Creed? I know Creed. Uh, well, you know. I, I know. <laughs> no. I mean, I know of. It, Creed is like, uh, yeah. so good, and it is, it is a retelling, in a sense, of the Rocky story, but with Rocky well, playing a major role in the film. Um, it's it's he's almost playing a mentor. He kind of it, one, yeah, he? but it, the the arc is very similar to the first Rocky arc um, in a lot of ways. There is some there well, is some see, difference, but I mean at that point, then I'm just like, why spend? That's what I'm telling you. Just watch Creed. I'm saying oh, jump into Creed. Of, just jump right okay. into Creed because I think it'll appeal. Because Rocky's a little slow at times, um, but the, the the reason that I finally watched Rocky with a different. Like, cause I saw it as a kid. Mm-hmm. I actually saw a lot of them as a kid. My mom loved them, so we used to, I, every time one would come out. I mean, the first one came out before I was born, but I saw the four and I think three in the theater. Um, cause three three won me because of Hulk Hogan. Because I was a big wrestling fan as a kid. <laughs> Thunder um, Thighs? Is that what he's called? In, in I think so. I just, <laughs> they I just, just talked about him. On, I, I knew he was on it, and I was as a kid. I was a fan of Hulk Hogan, so my mom took me to that one, and then I saw uh, number four. Yeah, brother. But um, I, mean, I, I saw like. Uh, I free, I don't know obviously I don't know which Rocky it was but the one that Mr. T's in that's number three number three okay um, he's great the, I've been a fool. the mm. fight in it cleverly uh, it was yep. just on the TV in the living room and my mom was watching it and I said when they announced the names I said Rocky's gonna lose this having not seen the movie before but I only knew because the crowd was chanting his name yeah so I but could say well there's no way that they're gonna let him he does you know, so it all I guess what I'm saying is it it seems so predictable to me. That's the the beauty. Uh, spoilers for the first Rocky film for you. He loses the fight in that movie, right? And that's that was so untraditional for the underdog. That wasn't the Russian one, was it? No, was the that Russians four. Four. Um, Dolph I must break you. Um, but you know he's supposed to be in Creed two. Dolph Lundgren as that character is supposed to be in Creed two, and I don't know how, and I don't know if Creed's fighting him, but I'm like, please don't make <laughs> him fight him. Um, I hope he's. Uh, the, he is still pretty scary. Yeah, but I mean, uh, how old would he be? Yeah, seventy five years later. <laughs> like, um, uh, I'm I am broken because Rocky four <laughs> is like eighty five, right? Like, there so is an interesting that sounds story correct. about him and Rocky though. But um, but I don't think we have the time to share. But Creed, <laughs> uh, Creed is great, and um, Ryan Coogler and and Michael B. Jordan uh, have worked together now three times. Um, he has he, they worked together on Fruitvale Station. They worked together in Creed, and now they're uh, Ryan Coogler's directing Black Panther, and Michael B. Jordan will mm-hmm. be in that as well. Um, I, I do want to, because I, I was only saying that to say, 
Um, oh yeah. Not a, not a fan of sports movies. Never have been. But Moneyball was the exception to where I, I really did enjoy. Um, I, which I guess it may be for the same reason. Do you like comedy sports movies? Like, have you ever watched Major League? It, I I do not. I do not like comedy sports. Have movies. you watched like Semi Pro or any of those? Semi Pro is hilarious. There are some parts <laughs> in Semi Pro that's that's did, funny. But did you say you watched the replacements? Because that I love the replacements. No, that's a Keanu Reeves football movie. Um, nope, never seen it. It's about Inferno. a a strike. Um, it's one of the it's one of those performances it's though the, where he's cast correctly and yes. he works as that. <laughs> like even like like I don't. Maybe you wouldn't say that it's a classic, but I. In my mind, for some reason, I think it's a classic. Rudy, Rudy's a uh, yeah. That one I can do without mm, though. Haven't seen one that, one. that I've never watched. Other one, facing the giants, which I that's I know a is that's a Christian football film. So Still it's apparently film. well touted. Yeah, but m- most Christian films have uh, um, they lack in film quality. There is um, a, sti- like a, a a stigma. A yes. stigma is the right word for it. Um, and I will quote uh, Tyler uh, from Battleship Pretension, who is a Christian and a film person. And he is not a film Christ, a Christian film person. You get what I'm saying? Like he's a Christian, right? He's a film person, okay. but he's not a Christian film person. He he tends to to think they all suck, and it's because they do. Well, that's not to say there's not positive messages. Do. I'm but not as saying a that they film, don't. They're not well made. Like you could do the story better. Yes. and that's his point. And that's what he's actually advocating. He's not saying don't make movies about Christianity. Right. Make better movies about But it's just, <laughs> it's just weird, weird logic for him to completely disassociate himself from that when uh, he could that be... That was my breakdown of that. No, he... Oh, he didn't say... No, 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 no. Oh, okay, I, okay. I was saying he is a, a, a devout Christian, and he's also right. a film... But he doesn't In fact, himself. he's going to school to be a film studies professor at college level. Right now, he's getting his master's. I'm a big fan of the show, if that's not clear. Um, I know way <laughs> too much about the guy I've never met, but... Um, Stalker. He uh, he he comes to Orlando every year for a Christian film festival. Oh, you um, know that, stalking he him. talks about you're not podcast. you're digging your hole deeper. But I, I'm I want to be friends with him. Um, Okie dokie. It's not weird. Oh, so uh, <laughs> you made it weird, sir. He Anyways, comes to Orlando all the time. He announced not all the time, once a year for the Christian film festival. It happens to be right after the film festival that I. What's attend. that GPS dot blipping on your screen? That's oh, is that he where is. he is? Yes, he's safe. Um, all right. <laughs> he's got the chip in, in him. Where, what? Who, who, who <laughs> Whoa. You just went. What's your number two uh, movie, uh, Ben? After hearing all of yours, I, I'm really quickly realizing that my list is very much mainstream movies. <laughs> um, and this is a movie It may actually be the oldest movie I think I've ever included on a list on the show. Um, and it is The Godfather. Yeah. Um, book by Mario. I'm going to butcher this. Uh, Puzo. Yes, because it is Italian. I assume. Um, I actually, I actually heard a great, a great story on uh, the cinematography of The Godfather as as far as lighting goes, um, where the cinematographer whose name I cannot remember um, actually chose to, against uh, Coppola's wishes, chose to light um, Marlon Brando from the top, um, and it. The effect, the effect it created essentially was just it blacked out his eyes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that made him more, I, more tired. Right. It, 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 it Iconic really look. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And even there's, really well. I think he said something in an interview about how like the windows are the eyes into your soul. And if you can't see the windows and you know, this man's constantly thinking about different uh, plots and stuff that you could uh, maybe pull out. Um, it doesn't provide a connection for the viewers into this godfather's mind. So it makes him harder to read 
which as is far as, powerful. Yeah, as far yeah. as a leader goes. Because there's a lot of things that he says when I watched The Godfather, which I just watched for the first time uh, last, not this past January, but the year before. That was my first movie mm-hmm. of my movie challenge for uh, 2016 was The Godfather. Um, and uh, there were things that he would say where I'm like, wait, what does he mean by that? Is he is he being serious? Is he sincere? Is he like, is he doing that thing where like, oh, yeah, sure. But I'm going to kill you as soon as you leave the room. <laughs> like, it was really hard to read him. And that's definitely a big you, contributing factor. You don't come uh, and ask for respect. Gordon Willis was the cinematographer. Ah, okay. You couldn't remember Willis? <laughs> I couldn't even I, remember I Gordon. Tell you, I don't even know who the cinematographer yeah, is. I, I, I mean, I... I just but stuck with he, he definitely he read an article about him, but yeah. Oh, I got you. I got you. Am I stepping? Oh, okay. It's a dog oh, toy. Hey, stepped oh. on a dog toy. I was like, "What? Whose foot is that?" Hey. Um, no, but like, yeah, cinnamon. Uh, cin- wow. Cinnamon. What's, yes, Toast cinnamon. Uh, it's good cereal. Cinematographically, sp- cinematographically know, speaking. There you cinnamon. go. That's like, it. Yeah. Um, this was a uh, a very like different movie, especially uh, compared to movies that were being released at the time. Um, we're all really overblown because driving movies, uh, they would have to make them brighter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for them to make such a, uh, a dark film, both in story and in actual lighting, um, was completely, was something that wasn't really being done at the time. Well, you know, this was the reason I had skipped on this movie was I had a, I, I've never had an interest in gangsters like ever. Like as a kid, I was never interested in gangster movies kind of like I'm, I'm referencing this because of your sports thing like you love mm-hmm. sports but you never wanted to watch the movies right. i had a different i guess but similar is i never felt compelled to watch um a gangster film i was ne- I, I i think when i was a kid my mom not my mom my grandma tried to show me godfather um and i was just immediately like death old and boring i don't want to watch it and i was True, like but, but i was gonna... way too young like wait like I'm, I'm saying probably like seven i don't know why she was showing it to me i was gonna say you were like two it, 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 may, it may have even been that young because i remember the room even because there was my grandmother's house was my life until i was 18 i was like i was the room that we were watching it at a very small window of my life was a open room where like nobody was living in it um and so it was like a, an extra TV room, and that's where I remember the movie being on. So that was when I was—I was definitely really young. I was younger Make than. Make it nine. sound like a punishment room. No, <laughs> think of, go that watch was the, the Godfather and think about what you've done. Movies, but um, <laughs> but uh, when I when I finally went and watched it as a, a person with uh, more of a film mind, I was blown away by that movie. I, I absolutely love it. I I like the second one, but I didn't like the second one as much as the first no, one. Like, the, and okay. some people and argue. We won't otherwise. even mention the unmentionable. No, I still have not watched the third one. So. Well, you're okay for that. Yeah, uh, it, it really took a deep dive, and that's all yeah. I've ever heard, and that's why I haven't. And poor Sophia Coppola. I mean, coming in for Winona Ryder, and you know, because she can fill in the, she can play the role. She was sick. Wait, oh, Winona Ryder was supposed to be Winona, in the third yeah, one. Winona, Winona, Winona. I didn't know that though. Winona is the you know, judge. She's she's one who I have become a big fan of recently. Um, who I had I think written off for some reason, um, but I've well, gone back and I've rewatched a lot of her stuff. I, I, well, Bram Stoker's Dracula did not help her case because she's not great in that movie. That was a tough time, but um, she. But yeah, she, I can forgive her a whole, a whole lot of stuff. I think Stranger Things helped, and um, she's great in Heather's. Like so, she's so great in Heather's. And I just rewatched Edward Scissorhands, which I hadn't seen since I was a kid, and she's really. And good you in that. still have not watched Lucas or Lucas. Uh, what? I saw Lucas as a home, kid, though. Welcome Home, Roxy Carmi- Carmichael. No, I haven't seen. I've seen clips of that, but I have not seen the whole movie. Mr. Deeds. Yeah, but that, that's, <laughs> that's a good one. I know. Yeah, it's can we consider fine. that sport? Because Mr. Deeds, McEnroe's in it. 
There's some funny stuff in that. It's, it is one of the last solid Sandler flicks. Yeah. Um, yeah, it yeah. might be the last. John Turturro in that movie, though. Very, very sneaky. The feet. I like the feet. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you. Oh. Anyways. The legit actor Sandler pulls into his movies, though, because Steve Buscemi and John Turturro. <laughs> <laughs> Although Turturro's done Transformers, so it's hard to call him legit. Yeah, anymore, no, no. But he's, he's early days from Turturro. Pedigree. He's yeah, got to pay the bills. He's, he's got to pay the bills, too. Spike Lee, man. He's in uh, um, Do the Right Thing. Um He's an awful, I, awful I character. I still in have movie, to like. watch that. that. I didn't. I wouldn't have heard that movie. But, um, you really have to. That that movie's meant for interpretation. Just you can't watch it surface level. You have to right. dig into what he's. Because it's a, it's so well made. It, it may not be enjoyable to watch. Um, I just oh. I wasn't a fan of it. You, again, you don't have to like it, but you have to appreciate even even what how it was. Get, oh, getting back know, to I'm your, a terrible person. Getting back to your pick, I what one of the things, and I, I don't know it. that I really noticed it way back, but the respect that Francis Ford Coppola had. Because he knew how much the source material played into it, he kept his own Mario Puzo's The Godfather. It mm-hmm. wasn't just The Godfather. Yeah, that's right. And because it's a solid, and that whole series of novels, I haven't read them. Uh, I'm sure I would love the original and probably be okay with the original. It's one of those I got to pick up one of these days. All right. Well, that's The Godfather, obviously a classic film. So that's what you when you say well, mainstream. Yeah, uh, and yeah. But no, not in it's an insulting not, way at no, all. No, no, it's, it's not. It's, it's not to discount it. I almost uh, put it on my list because it is such an iconic I, one. I kept it off because I figure if you haven't already watched it, you sh- something you should. Well, well, see, well, I did. And, and well, into, and the, well, it's not for everyone. No, so I did get into a thought as to whether or not I'm supposed to say top five films that maybe you don't know that were based on a book that you should check out or no. top five books that's, overall that's the mindset that, I come from it and, come and, to it but we lot, like we, we use if we only did our favorite movies they could probably be on almost every episode right, like right. You could and that, find, there'd be so much like, overlap and one that's not on my list now is Fight Club which I've actually enough. read that book honorable like that's mentions. a book I've read <laughs> and I've seen the movie and um, it is an honorable mention have you me, read any other Chuck Palahniuk no and okay. I mean to have you seen Choke I have not seen Choke and that's okay. on my list because Rockwell's in that yes and so I is you like it and uh, so it's Clark Gregg, who is directed the but the, f- the female lead is from um, Community, uh, oh, uh, I, and she's in a bunch of stuff that I, I love. should know it because I do. I, I, I didn't enjoy. I it. always forget her name, but um, it's it's been on my list for a while. But um, my next one probably shouldn't be my number two. Uh, re- looking at it, it probably should have been my number three in No Country because I think I like No Country more. Uh-huh. But I've seen this movie more, oh. so that's kind of okay. played a role in, w- in where I placed it. It's a more recent movie too, and it's also a more recent book. It is um, from the movie's from 2011. The book is written by Catherine Stockett, and it is called The Help. Um, oh, okay. Uh, starring Emma Stone, really though, really starring Viola Davis and mm-hmm. Octavia Spencer, because they are the standouts in this movie. And the chocolate pie. Um, and the chocolate pie. <laughs> Actually, um, I haven't watched it, but I know that part. <laughs> it's hard to not. Bryce Dallas <laughs> Howard is a, a villain in this movie. Oh, um, I, I think. I might be wrong, because Jessica Chastain, I think, is the main villain, but I think Br- Bryce Dallas Howard's character is like they're like both racist They're friends really yeah. horrible the to the hell um unless now i'm wondering if bryce dallas howard's the actual nice one i can't remember now oh i because um, I, I, ch- mm, I really one, like her there's one uppity and jessica chastain yeah they're everyone's they, as the villains they're great though like they are their yeah. performances are really really really, really, really dislip- um allison like janney plays uh emma stone's mother and she's great in this um it's it's honestly just a really surprisingly great film um, I'm trying to see if there's anybody else worthy. Oh, Sissy Spacek's in this? I didn't even realize oh, that. Oh, wow. Um, and I've seen this. I've seen... My wife loves this movie, so for a while it was on, like, HBO or something, and every time it was on, my wife had it on, and I would end up catching my parts wife, of uh, it. 
But um, it's a movie that when I was looking at this, I was like, you know what? This movie deserves to be mentioned um, because it's one I think a lot of guys might have skipped because it is a heavy female-led cast. And there's it, nothing wrong with that. But well, but again, there's those guys who will skip movies like this. Uh, it's a chick flick. It, it's not one. It in a way, it's about art um, because it's she's writing a book, and the book is it's a nonfiction book, but it's you know she's fictionalizing elements and she's using different names, but she's going to the the help. Um, and getting their stories and the chocolate pie ends up being one of those stories and it's <laughs> it's such a compelling um story in and of itself um but it man the performances that they get out of viola davis and uh, octavia spencer in this film um directed by tate taylor who also uh co-wrote the uh, i'm not sorry just co just adapted the screenplay hmm. um it is a it's a dude i wasn't sure um uh, it has a 62 on metacritic but an 8.1 on imdb uh, user score and it's a film that um i think it just showcases the talent a lot especially i've become a like a massive viola davis fan over the years as i've seen her in more and more films and like uh, last year's suicide squad she's probably the only like strong saving grace of that film <laughs> and she still can't save it but her performance even it's with so the rest solid. of it, it being so right on solid in just about everything i've ever seen her yeah yeah, yeah she's fantastic never not good. i mean uh if you want like i i've constantly referred to uh actress's ability to cry on camera and dissed several as a result jennifer lawrence being one who i do not like very famous oh, wait, one. i was gonna say your number one pick would be claire danes yeah. who, uh, who is the really? worst crier on camera ever i've uh, only ever heard you bash jennifer uh, lawrence oh i I think Lawrence is overrated, and when she's cast in the right role, I think she's very good. But it has to be the right role. Um, Just as far as crying goes, I should say. You, I feel like, did we watch Romeo plus Juliet in uh, your the, class? The plus. Yeah. yeah, it's a plus sign. Because um, her crying in that movie is one of the, like... I it, didn't realize that was her. Oh, she Yeah, Claire Danes. Not Jennifer Lawrence, Claire Danes. Oh, okay. Um, I've been bashing her because she has a goofy cry. Where it sounds like Goofy's laugh, but she's crying because she's like, <laughs> maybe it was, um, <laughs> and, and she does, uh, she cries horribly. That same cry in uh, Igby goes down with Kieran Culkin, um, and who you do like, so. who I do like. But uh, I bring up the crying because Viola Davis in Fences from last year has an amazing, um, very very real because she's it, it's gross because she's snotting like her nose is just pouring. Well, that's snot. A, that's a tough movie. But, from oh what yeah, I understand, uh, it's so. it's what is it? Fences. Um, base, it's a play. Denzel? Denzel, Denzel directs, but it's it's minimally directed. It's not cinematic at all. It's very much a play on camera. Um, they, they didn't... It's all dialogue. 99% of the movie is talking. Um, they So it, it, it didn't... It stayed true to the original screenplay mm-hmm. of the well, the script. Wasn't this up for a few awards? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because okay. yeah, the performance... Right. All for performance, because the performances right. are fantastic. Well, um, about, I, Denzel and Viola are both amazing in it, but mm-hmm. Viola is the standout. And... Um, I need to watch that. She she's so good in it. I need and, to watch that and Moonlight. And so the help, I I just can't I can't recommend enough. It, it's it's there's some humor, there's a lot of heart, um, and you will hate. Um, I'm pretty sure Bryce Dallas Howard is the villain. Um, now that I'm thinking about it, but bummer uh, because I really do, I do like her. And I think Chastain is the the one who could be. She's in a position where she could easily be villainous, but she actually ends up being really really awesome. Um, I'm I'm 90% sure I'm right now. Like that's I'm, as I'm trying to like place faces with because they their hair is it's it's a period piece. Um, I think it's mm-hmm. set in the 60s, and so like their hairstyles are very different than what you would normally see these actresses' hairstyles. You know, so trying to like 
put them in their their normal hair versus like this you know period driven 60s haircut to like pinpoint who's who it but was, it was a dark time for hair uh, hair was not, well i don't like hair in general um so oh, you harassed uh but I, the help i highly recommend it it's my number two let's go to mike what is your that number is, two? it is so interesting you've picked a period piece for your number two pick and also interesting that we've been talking about winona writer oh let me preface this though because when a well-recognized director goes out on a limb and tries their hand at a film for um, a completely different genre than what they're known for it's typically going to fall into a no gray area kind of thing where you know there's you love love it or loathe it and this is the case with martin scorsese's the age of innocence from 1993 oh i didn't realize he did this yes and so i, I was if you're a fan of Martin Scorsese, going back to the gangster conversation we were having, I mean, that's what he's known for, and he's built a rep for it. And so adapting this 1920 novel by Edith Wharton, novel of the same name, and I, I, I guess you can consider it a remake as well because there was a version of 1934, and I'll admit I am not familiar, and I'm still not familiar with it. So uh, by the numbers, 80% fresh on the Tomatometer. 7.2 user score IMDb rating 83 meta score cast top notch Daniel mm-hmm. Day Lewis Lewis the never can do wrong Winona Ryder who we just talked about Michelle Pfeiffer Richard E Grant recently of Logan I'll be honest it's, it it was difficult leaving off one of my previously mentioned period pieces Dangerous Liaisons because we talked about that in the past mm-hmm. and if you haven't watched that that's also I highly recommended I got to say before you get any farther um for some reason your phone is listening to you but uh um, okay, so Scorsese, I'm in, right? I'm like, oh, cool. And then you say Age of Innocence. I'm like, eh, it sounds kind of lame. And then I pull it up on IMDb and I see the pictures. I'm like, oh, boy, this does it, not look like a movie. You're I would judging like. it by its cover. And then we see Daniel Day-Lewis. I'm like, crap, I love Daniel Day-Lewis. Now <laughs> I have to watch it. So, uh, I hear he's retiring from acting. That's Yeah, yeah but that's it'll be the second time he's done that. So oh, well, no he, he'll need some cash. No one's time. taking it that's completely right. seriously. So but just like the mafia will pull you back in using Daniel. Right back in. That's right. Um, but so anyway, having mentioned pre- dangerous liaisons, I wanted to give another pick, you know, a chance to shine. And the other thing of it, and just like sports related films with me, period pieces are not my, they're not typically going to be high on my viewing list. I think it depends on the period. That's true. Yeah. And this, I mean, but this thing the, about this yeah. particular period, it's not, not something uh, you look at me and just know what I come from. I typically you'll figure I'm a sci-fi action horror kind of yeah. I'm not. And so, I I, I mean, the, yeah, I'll, I'll gravitate to that. But sometimes stuff sticks out. This stuck out. Um, for, I mean, just seeing Scorsese work as di- directorial magic is on something that's not even gangster related. It's something I know him for. We all know him for. It's just I'll, the other part, in full disclosure, I have not watched Hugo, which my kids have and loved. I love it. And I, I've heard yeah, nothing but great things. And I need oh. to watch Hugo. But then again, that is not something you expect from Martin Scorsese. And I know that one's an adaptation, right? Yeah, uh, it is an adaptation of a book, but it's uh, the reason he did it was For because of his love of, of yes. uh, Melies, um, who's the, the father okay. of film by many people's standards. Mm-hmm. And it's that that's yeah, that's fantastic. And that shines um, to me. That's what that I really love shows about in the it. production. Yeah. Okay. Um, and well, yeah. Oh, God, there's some awesome shots in that movie. The cinematography. And I got to yeah. say, 
I think it is um, Sasha Baron Cohen's like one of his best performances his, because he's not known for that kind of it's role he's either. Not being Sasha Baron Cohen, but oh, he but he's paying tribute to silent film. There's a, a reference to the general. Um, oh wow, where it's okay. very Buster Keaton esque. Which um, I could see him doing. Yeah. That. Oh, and exactly. It's it's. It's Scorsese controlling his comedy and directing and it, it and it being executed perfectly. Which speaks so much for him because going back to you, well, you think Sasha Bear, you know, think of yeah. his body of work, mm-hmm. not the person you, not the person I would expect. To I be mean, working he's with done him. some good stuff. Like, like um, I don't know if you guys have seen Sweeney Todd, but Sasha Baron Cohen Part. is in that, and he's and very he was solid good in that. that. Yes, uh, he's in Les Mis, which I don't like. Les Mis um, overall, he's Uh-oh. the. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it overall, and also I don't like his performance in it either. Um, I didn't. I don't like that character, but you're either not supposed to. But, um, but uh, is, is Helena Bonham Carter his wife in that, or is that is Sweeney. Lady from Willy Wonka? Yeah, it's okay. Helena Bonham Carter. Oh, okay. Um, Who so, can do no wrong? Which in my they're eyes. together in Sweeney Todd as well, um, okay. but not together in Sweeney Todd. But they are both in Sweeney Todd, and then they are together. Oh, okay. they, they work together. I gotcha, um, I gotcha, gotcha. But uh, he, it, man, Hugo. Uh, Definitely a period piece too, and Ben Kingsley is great. Chloe Grace Always Moretz great. is in it. Um, she's the girl, and then Asa Butterfield, who is, uh, um, he is in Miss Peregrine's. He's the lead in that. Okay. And then he failed Ender's Game. Um, he was Ender. He was Ender in Ender's oh, Game. Oh, okay. And uh, he was in the Space Between Us from last year. That was kind of that could have been good. Nobody saw. Not. I don't think I saw it, but it's not great. Um, well. And Ga- Gary Oldman, maybe one of his worst performances. Um, what? Yeah, well, that's the script. Uh, uh, Commissioner Gordon? Yeah. Oh. Have you seen him as Winston Churchill? No, like, no it, I need to watch that Dude, tra- there's trailer. a trailer. Uh, do you remember what's called Darkness in the Hours? Darkest uh, Hours? Darkest I Hours? I can dig it up because it's on the um, chat. He oh, is Churchill? unrecognizable as Winston Churchill, and it's um, it's it just speaks. He's one of the best character actors in history. Darkest and, Hour. Um, yeah. the I, I could, come out? No, it's, it's, it's pending. Um, but, all right. Um not to divert, Mike. Is there anything else to add for the Age of Innocence? Again, it's just one of those that is not typical for me. It, but again, if you're a fan of a finely crafted film and a reader that is familiar with it, you need to watch it. And uh, did you mention Michelle Pfeiffer? Uh, yes. Okay. Just she was uh, third. Uh, she was right after third, Winona. I, yeah. I always put Winona right here above. Oh, uh, Richard E. Grant is in it. Yes, who is uh, from Hudson Hawk fame? Um, uh, no, no, from Logan. Um, Hudson Hawk. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say that made him famous. It made him famous. It probably <laughs> kept him from working for a while. No, because this is way after, right? Age of Innocence is a couple years after Hudson Hawk, I think. I think Hawk's before uh, this. I bet you the Hudson Hawk wasn't what got him this far. <laughs> I, Scorsese is a secret Hudson Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had a direct line to these people because I am sure... We should lay odds on that. Oh, mm. man. That would be so great if that's, like, one of his cult favorites. <laughs> it's, like, it's my inspiration. It's the <laughs> reason I drink cappuccinos <laughs> it's still what's to got this me. day. It's what got me through the 80s. I haven't watched that movie in years, but I still think I'll love oh. it. Um, all right, Ben. Let's get to your number one because we are at the two-hour marker right now. Uh, wow, okay. Speaking of period pieces, uh, this is very much set in, the, in uh, one can assume, in the past, uh, but not oh. in the sense of... Uh, Star Wars. I don't even know why I'm acting like I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, no, you know exactly what it is. I know uh, what this is. It's uh, it's I I wrote down the entire. Lore. Hold on. Oh, okay. Hold on. What the the people should know. I am a nerd. Ben, nerd. Ben is in a different kind of way. Three years out of high school now, so he's just starting to accept his nerd. You're, you're going but to a different. There's. Yeah, I'm taking a different. <laughs> the one thing that I knew in high school where he really showed his nerd was this movie franchise oh, yeah. 
and it is uh look i go deep into the lore he is a nerd with this franchise and so ben's number one uh i know birkenfield made me do this i would have had all five from the series <laughs> yeah but uh it's the lord of the rings series uh also encompassing the, the hobbit, hobbit. He would have had number five, four, three, two, one. It would have just been. I would have had to vote one. It would have been like, what are your top five Lord of the Rings? I wouldn't have done that, but for a sake of joke, let's say I would have. Um, And my axe. (laughs) Which which would be your favorite if you had to pick just one out of all six? Out out of all six, you can Uh, only choose one child. The Return of the King, which is the third one in the Lord of the Rings. but yeah, uh, this entire series was something uh, I actually just talked about it, which is a little bit embarrassing after what you just said uh, <laughs> in one of my classes at, at Full Sail. Oh, um, <laughs> it's it's. Did it they all point the, and go nerd? Uh, luckily, there was one other guy in the class who whose favorite <laughs> movie it was or series, whatever. Either. Um, but it's it's one of the first movies I ever remember actually going to the theater to watch. Um, I remember my dad uh, taking my brother and I to go see the Fellowship of the Ring, uh, which was the first one. Um, and so since then, it, it, it's been something that um, at the time, I think I was like five years old when it came out. Oh, wow. And so oh, I, I thought <laughs> in my head, I was thinking like this is actually happening. And ah. that's why it's taking an hour between releases or a, a, year, a year between releases. Hour? That'd be yeah, awesome. only one hour. They're really That'd chucking those ma- things out. That's, in that's a long day. Um, <laughs> Peter Jackson put some extra time. <laughs> so in my head, I was I was I literally remember thinking like, oh, my gosh, this is happening somewhere in this world. And this guy needs some help. Um but it, it's actually number four, uh, the number four highest grossing movie franchise, only behind Marvel, Harry Potter, and the James Bond. Uh, oh, that, the Bond seems unfair because yeah, twenty five of them that are very loosely connected. Hey, I'm, if you want to say let's move it to three, I'll say let's move it to three. I won't. No, I mean it's, I don't get to make that call. But <laughs> um, no, yeah, but like just when you when J oh written by J R R Tolkien, I I feel like I should have said it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Um. W- would you would you pay to watch a similar Similarian? Uh, Cimmerillion? Thank you. Yeah. I, I'm not I, I really enough. am a nerd on this. Genius. Nerd! Um, yes, I would. Uh, but I'm hearing that... Don't the, give Peter Jackson ideas! The Tolkien estate refuses to sell Peter Jackson the the rights really? to that. Really? So. Um, or not Peter Jackson, but... Yeah. Is this Marvel. is that in the same realm of? I believe so. And that is it way before Middle Earth and it's everything. The, it's the creation of Middle Earth. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it would do a lot so more. You know, with I'm like slightly nerdy. The deities. Just don't remember that. the pronunciation. Um. So yeah, that's about it. I think. I feel like we should. Uh, Trust me, I could go on longer and longer, but I think I might. Ins- at the end of every episode, in the last, well, at the end of like the last. Ten episodes, I think. I've been putting a movie quote. Fly, you fools! And I usually pull it from one of the so one of the number one movies if I can, but I don't. I think this time though, I'm going to pull it from a movie that's not on any of the list, and I'm going to pull from Clerks Two, the Lord of the Rings bit. Oh, oh. my God! Uh, that he insulted Lord of the Rings so hard that he made a guy throw. Oh, okay, I was going to say you got to pick it because I thought because I saw some of these being rated explicit. Yeah, now. it's one of the funniest moments to me in that movie because there's a lord of the rings fan and they're and he debating crushes them there's hard. only one true trilogy star wars <laughs> and um they're arguing and then he he makes a gay joke about sam and, Frodo, and, Frodo. Which and the I, guy i've made jokes like that the guy too. throws up 
and he like has to, he walks in like, the room no. with the manager like I need the mop because I made it I, I told the Lord of the Rings so hard I made a guy throw up and it's it's one of my favorite bits in Clerks 2 um, um, and Clerks 2 goes and way I explicit I just deleted that from my saved because I watched it and I didn't rewatch it oh man and I, I don't have the I, channel anymore I have DVD so oh, okay um, it, also number number 8 on the top 250 on IMDB I have to say that's Should, I, you, the first is one is Star yeah. Wars not ahead of it in terms of box office Apparently not. That seems wow. Wrong. That's odd. Well, let me, let me just look at the. I wonder statistics. if Star Wars adjusted for inflation would be definitely my, adjusted for inflation. It, it is. may not. My, it may have been pre-adjusted for inflation. Two. Well, not just Force Awakens and Rogue One. It may have been the article hmm. I saw, but not to speak ill of it. My problem, not with those, but with The Hobbit, because it was such Three a small. Months. Yes, it's such well, a clear example of Hollywood trying to. Milk, milk the cow for as much as they can, um, especially the way the second one ends. Like that, you we no 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 no. You don't need to do that. I, even I, just uh, the the I guess I, the B story as it as it were um, of the Hobbit compared to Lord of the Rings. The Hobbit is much more of a love story between the um, a, a buddy um, love. one of the one of the dwarves. <laughs> they all have weird names, and then an elf. Uh, yeah, who hate the oh, races hate each other? Shield and Legolas and. Well, no, no, no. It's no, uh, Shield and the. Not, not, not even Oakenshield. Wait, are we okay. talking? We're talking in the Hobbit. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought we'd jump back to Lord of the Rings. Uh, I mean, he's in that movie too, but. Yeah. Uh, no, but it's. Just, oh, like, okay. It's it's the girl from Lost. Yeah, uh, Vangeline Lily. Yeah. Who's also in Ant Man. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, I, I can't for the life of me remember the actor of the dwarf, but but yeah, they they focused a lot on the love, he's the romance good. between, or the romance that could have been, could have been, yeah. Um. It, it's very much like a Romeo and Juliet kind of thing where yeah, man, I wish you could dig up 80 songs because that reminds me of Tiffany's could have been anyways um, we got to move uh, just because we are over two hours so my number one um, which we both saw Ben's but my number one I'm pretty sure all of you have seen and uh, all of you I'm talking to the audience because it's a classic film I didn't shy away from um, even though some of my other ones are a little more obscure I this I is one this. I honestly didn't know was a book even though it's it's right there in front of me it's written by robert block and it's a book that is overshadowed by its film and that's why um and it's psycho oh wrong the wrong one um i didn't know he did he write invasion of the body snatchers i can't recall ah well psycho i am uh, that's a that's great i want to sound like a film lover and i'm going to say i love alfred hitchcock yeah okay impressive love i love psycho impressressive right this is this is like such a uh blah of an answer but i really do love this movie um i I, it's it's one that i really love to teach because it's a movie that when i put on most of the room wants to check out immediately because it's (laughs) black and white it's alfred hitchcock who they've all heard how great he is and i I think there's a contrarian mindset of our our youth who we they don't want to like the things that their parents like and um yeah, to a degree (laughs) um although hipsters tend to like old stuff so they don't want to be hipsters it depends on oh yeah okay but um, the movie Psycho, there's so many things about it that I love. I love the performance from Anthony Perkins. Um, I love the, the 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 twist in the story. Janet Lee's fantastic, um, and uh, the soundtrack. I mean, the score for this movie is so great. It's so iconic. Um, and uh, you know, here is all, all these years I've known Psycho. In fact, I saw Psycho four before I saw the other Psychos when I was a kid. Wow. Yeah, and that was a TV movie. Yeah. Um, that's really bad. But I was a kid, and my mom was watching it, so I watched it, and I was like, "This is interesting," and I wanted to see Psycho. Um, and then I saw um, Gus Van Sant. Uh, I saw the Shot for Shot remake. remake in the theater 
before I saw Hitchcock's full version of Psycho. Like I'd seen clips, wow. but I didn't have access to it. You know, I didn't well, have true, um, I didn't have it on VHS. Catch it on TV and, or something. Um, I might have seen clips of it for sure, but um, it w- the first time I r- vividly remember watching Psycho was just about a year ago when I finally was like, I need to get into Hitchcock. And I'd seen, again, I'd seen most of the shut scenes and I've read about it. And I, I, it's one of those things where you can't, if you're into film, you will know about this movie. But um, I got to go see it in, at our local Polk Theater um, last year and I got to take my daughter. And I was nervous. I'm like, will she like a Hitchcock movie? And my daughter has been raised right. So she loved it. And uh, she, she, the one that really, we went and saw North by Northwest and I was really like, this one can be slow if, if you're not into it. And I, like you said, when you were watching her face during Princess Bride, I can't, I'd like look over and just stoic. Like, I'm like, I don't know if she likes this or not. And it ended, she's like, that was so great. I'm like, Woo, I love you, kid. You're so great. If you had said anything else, you'd be staying here. But um, oh. now, but Psycho for real, I, I didn't know it was a book. And when I was going through my research, as much as I love this film, I had to have it as my number one. Because um, again, I think this is a great example of a, of a movie that overshadowed the book. Like, there are other, uh, yeah, the book definitely. is better, but you don't hear that with Psycho. And it doesn't mean the book's not, but you don't hear that with Psycho. The movie has lasted. Mm-hmm. I think the book is maybe obscure. Maybe people don't mm-hmm. talk about it. Um, not not really. hear something crazy? Yeah. Never seen it. You still haven't seen Psycho? No. Oh, you uh, get to stay here yeah. and watch it with me tonight. Um, Slumber party. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to uh, become like that Christian uh, filmmaker <laughs> guy. Your <laughs> battleship pretension boy is going to get jealous. Hey, he teaches Hitchcock too. Um <laughs> Guys, oddly enough, I guess a lot of people would say that that's probably Hitchcock's best film. Maybe um, I don't know. That'd be safe to assume. Uh, definitely, uh, the it's, Birds it's, is up there too. But oh, Psycho is so fantastic. Well, I, that's what I'm getting at. Is I haven't seen Psycho. I haven't seen there's so uh, many. A Dial M for Murder. I haven't seen Dial M so is not on the list. Avoid Topaz. Topaz. Well, I, I guess it would be easier if I just said what I have seen. I've seen the Birds. Great. I say and a precursor for zombie movies. Maybe it. Really? You haven't seen Rear Window, Vertigo? You've seen Rear Window. It's fantastic. Yes. It's a classic. Have you ever seen the Christopher Reeves remake of that? Uh, Rear Window? But that was after he was injured. I know. He's in the wheelchair. Perfect, yeah. (laughs) Well, how would you bring that up? Because having watched John Carpenter's Village of the Damned, which he was in right before he... Oh, okay. Right before, you know, that happened. It's so and and Mark Hamill. I forgot how Mark. Oh Hamill. wow! Yes, he plays a priest in it. I didn't know he did. I didn't know he was in anything else other than Star Wars. Oh, he's in <gasps> a lot of stuff. How dare joking, you? Joking. Uh, he's the Joker in the animated. You series. are going into the te- the film punishment room yeah. and think and about what you've movies. done. Nothing <laughs> makes me feel like less of a film fan than coming on this show and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it's but you know what? It's years, man. Um, and it's it time true. and it's accessibility. Like I since I turned eighteen. Um, I have been buying, spending my hard-earned dollars on films for years. Like, I had a, a pretty decent VHS collection, but I probably got three or four movies a year at, at max. Now I might get three or four movies a well, month. Price like, points have changed, too, because yes. VHS mm-hmm. was crazy expensive. Yeah, it never really... I don't remember it ever. Was there ever a $5 bin in, before? I mean, um, DVDs showed up. I'm sure they were $5 bins there, everywhere. Uh, but Well, coming from video rental stores, at some point there was the model with the sell-through. Yeah, which where they you would price it, it out and then sell it down. Uh, well, not so much that as much as bigger films would definitely go sell-through where they, the rental copy was a couple bucks versus something that had smaller release and those, let's say, Schindler's List would be a whole lot more expensive. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, being double cassette. So Scarface, yeah. uh, Schindler's List, any of those ones that are way long, 
would cost so much. So well, it, it was an impediment. You know, to, I I don't get a, I don't have a close relationship with my my blood relatives, but um, I have to say movies is a part of my like upbringing. Like my grandparents had a pretty big movie VHS collection. I like I said I I owned all the like I had Back to the Futures, I had Ghostbusters, I had Wayne's World one and two, I had Ace Ventura. <laughs> like I had the movies that I collection. watched as a kid and um. I had Star Wars, you know, when they, I had the the re-release though, not the original print, but, um, I've always owned movies, but even then I was limited to what I had, you know, this is what I had. And then I think at some point we got HBO when I was like in high school. And so I got, I got a little more stuff, but even then HBO replays a lot of the same movies over and over again. And I don't know how many Billy, Blank, Billy, ba- Billy Blanks, Blanks <laughs> I don't know how many Billy Blanks movies I've seen. You know what I'm talking about? Like and and him Blanks and Roddy Piper together because they were they did. A I don't, uh, I don't I'm pretty sure that. they did two or three movies together. I might but be I wrong. Remember Rodney Billy Blanks. Piper? Roddy Piper. Oh, okay. um, I I watched Roddy. a lot of those crappy and um, the Last Dragon. Did you ever see that? Don the Dragon. Bruce Wilson? Leroy. No, no, no. Bruce Leroy. I don't know. It was a it was a black exploitation film where a character was uh, idolized Bruce Lee, and so he was like the dragon. Um, I don't remember. They had that one. Uh, Show Nuff was the villain. You don't know that one? Oh man, that, that was a rerun on HBO Sounds all the hilarious. time. Oh, it's really funny. Um, <laughs> wow, it's really funny. Like it's you it's don't always get just, me, but when you, I don't always miss movies, but when I do, Show Nuff. You know, in <laughs> fact, Buster Rhymes even parodied the, uh, that That's character funny. in one of his music videos. He Show Nuff in one of his That's music videos. That's Um, it was a movie that I I watched all the time on HBO and uh. Psycho, I didn't have access to, though, so I don't fault you for not seeing it. I fault me for not showing it to you because I was apprehensive about showing all yeah, the movies. Yeah, this is your fault. What is it? Uh, it oh, is. look no, at the blame. My first around. two years of, of film class, I was very apprehensive about what I could show. I got um, you. I, I will say, though, you did show me Jaws for the first time. Yes, and became an obsession of mine. Um, Jaws was a film that I had such negative feeling about when I was a kid because of how bad the shark was because I didn't get the point of the movie as a kid. I wanted the shark. Right, as a kid, you you're promised a shark movie. You want a shark, like you get Godzilla movie. But you Bruce get Godzilla. wasn't very cooperative. No, but so I, as a kid, I, made, I wasn't forgiving. It, it does. Yeah. Oh, oh my God! So so yeah, great. You got but the, the less is more. I, I, I grew up aesthetic, avoiding Jaws because I remember seeing it as a kid and thinking it was lame. And so it took me until I I started teaching to watch it and then just be like blown away. And actually, J.J. Abrams is the reason I gave Jaws a second chance wow. because his TED talk. Um, he has a TED talk huh. called the the mystery, mystery box, box yeah. and he references a scene in Jaws about the emotions of the, uh, the dinner sequence with um, mm-hmm. the dad and the son, because and the son's mimicking him. And I watched that scene on his TED talk, and I was like, I need to rewatch this. I movie. need to watch that. TED I need talk. to watch. It's a really great For TED talk. Any, anybody who hasn't seen Jaws, uh, first go see it, but then rewatch it, and whenever you see the color yellow, oh uh, yeah, the pay attention motif. to what happens. Yeah, yeah it's a motif. Um, it's the replacement of the shark. <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, anyways, that's that's my number one, Psycho. I know, Mike, you've seen Psycho. I have. And the other thing, too, on top of that is you think you see more than what you do because it's not graphically shown what oh, no. happens to the character the sh- in the, the shower. shower. And But you think. Because mm. it's so many it's cuts. So, yeah, it's and it's so well literal. done. The music it's so many the cuts. Mix, yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, I see. It's, it's both. It's <laughs> metaphorical. It's weird that you say that because I'm, I'm right now one of the classes I'm in is an editing class. Uh-huh. And they talk about... Oh. Uh, it's That's one of the classic best example of yeah. yeah, it wasn't even that scene, but it was just like talking about cuts and like a, a very tense moment like that. Pacing, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it yeah. makes a difference. A good editor will you make need, or break you, you. I have it on Blu-ray, but I I would I, need it back. What's like, funny is I think I have, I have it on DVD. DVD I have like I have two different Alfred Hitchcock box sets. One wow. one that has the six big ones: Vertigo, North by Northwest, and maybe it's five. Birds, Psycho, North by Northwest, Vertigo, Rear Window. Yeah. It's five. And then I bought a bigger box set 
that includes rope, which rope is fantastic. Um, rope is rope. A, the entire film is is a single shot, no cuts, oh, except that's nuts. It, you, okay, so when the when is Birdman it done did well, it, well though, yes, kind of, okay. kind well, of. Uh, <laughs> well, okay, but when you but watch think Birdman, about that time period, I'm trying to do that. Enjoyed, yeah, because everything is computer. Whenever there's a stitch shot, when it looks like it's one mm-hmm. shot, you have computer technology to stitch it. They didn't Hitchcock have that didn't. then. More importantly, how long does a reel of film last? Yeah, how do you do that? Every 10 minutes, you have to cut reload and, unload. and reload the film. So every 10 minutes, he had to cut. And, then and, and make uh, it look like it wasn't? Lu- yeah, exactly. Okay. Emmanuel Lubezki did not have to do that. He has digital. It can go for right. almost ever. And so um, there is a few moments where like the cut is blatantly obvious because he'll like push into somebody's shirt and then it pulls back out from their shirt. And you're like, what was that? But, but, but considering but, that's 1948. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, I gotta watch of that. that. And uh, and it's got one of my favorite actors, Jimmy Stewart. So um, it's it's fantastic. It's and it's fantastic. it's a really dark mystery. The cool. opening of the film, we we're witnessing two men hide a body, and they hide the body in a kind of like a table. Like um, it opens up and there's like storage, mm-hmm. and they're having a dinner party with the friends of the guy they just killed, and they decide to serve the dinner on the table as if like to because they're so arrogant that they get they're going to get away with it and it that's the that's where the movie starts that's hardcore it's it's crazy (laughs) good it's really really good um interesting i may have to request uh one of those from you yeah we'll have to figure out how to because again it's a big box set um i did trust you with my star wars box set though so you've you've earned some you've earned some cred so i I bet you Corey has those all in steelbook All right, Mike, what is your number one? I hope I've seen it, because if not, I, Ben wins the, the, the challenge. Oh, I okay. I haven't seen it. You only bet one, though. You've seen one of his. But I can go over? Yeah, you can go yeah, over. Yeah, you can go over. Over means you're I winning. I need two, though. I two know. and I win. All right, well, if you haven't, I'm, we'll see. So Stephen King adaptations are a hit not or good. miss <laughs> affair, and there's a lot writing on both of the upcoming ones, I would imagine. I'm really hoping for the best for The Dark Tower and It. A oh, lot. It looks I'm so really good. Hoping. Really hoping. But when when one hits this one in particular hits the right notes, and when Stephen King adaptations hit those right, it's like a visual symphony for the viewer. I would say. Um, that said, an early one that stood out to me was 1986 classic Stand by Me. Okay, this one's really hard. I know I saw this movie, but I was so young I don't know that I uh, saw this. Were movie. you standing in the lobby, <laughs> or did you inspect oh, the entire movie? Oh, that's right. <laughs> I own it. <laughs> <laughs> no, owning is not, it's not just um, because you own I'm gonna it. Take, I'm going to take victory on this one. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 ben if wins. I still spoke to my mother, I could confirm or deny if i seen this, but I don't. <laughs> oh, so. so we're going, you are the winner. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So here's the, here's the thing. So many people <laughs> likely didn't even realize that they were watching a Stephen King adaptation you know, or film. Uh, can, I mean, Can I interrupt for one second? Including Birkenfield. I don't oh. understand how this guy has been around for so long because there when you said stephen king my brain was immediately like okay you're going please be that one movie with jason lee that i can't think of the name of it right now jason lee where night dream dream catcher dream catchers dream catchers there was something about dream, the dream catcher movie. yeah no okay, that jason Lee's be it. It. oh i was not, hoping because i saw that one pick. in the theater uh <laughs> agreed but i was hoping by some means of a miracle and then i was like i mean i'll watch it i've seen pet cemetery i know you're a fan of pet cemetery so i was like maybe terrified and me. then when you started going old i was like wait a minute i forgot about cujo and christine and um there's another one that i've seen those are all stephen king books right i've, yeah, I've not absolutely. been on. how has he written 
so many freaking books. Like the dude must write like three at a time. Like there's no way. <laughs> you know how hard it is for me to write. I mean, I literally took, I started my list. You haven't done Saturday uh, and I've had different <laughs> picks for, you know, uh, that my, 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 my movies. And, but I'm talking for the little, yeah. little monthly bit. And I just, this list, I started Friday, Saturday and it took me till this afternoon to finish my notes on them. Yeah. Because I'm like, okay, what what do I focus on? I don't, I'm with you. The guy, and he suffers from self-diagnosed literary elephantitis. Because his books are thousands oh. of pages mm. long. Now, Carrie wasn't. Um, and and it, this didn't happen overnight because he worked. He, he can tell you the stories of the jobs he worked in and what he did before he broke. But once he did... It, and. But the fact of the matter remains, think of what he's known for. He's known for horror. This is a very human story, a coming-of-age story for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, and this is the same person that's written The Shawshank Redemption. And yeah. you might even not, people might not even associate The Green Mile with him. Uh, what? Yeah. The yeah dude, really? that's, that's Stephen King. Yeah. The dude is written all over the place. Because even Dark Tower is more comic book oriented as fantasy, far as Definitely this, yeah. fantasy. And, and, it, and Eyes of the Dragon, which is a Dark Tower. I don't know that one. Oh, it's a dark fan. Yeah, it's fan. Uh, um, he's written these little pulpy kind of. He's most one associated with story. horror, but right, it's, it's yeah. not fair. And, and, like, and it's I never totally would have not fair. He is, th- and his nonfiction because his on writing and da- dance macabre because this is stuff that most people haven't even read because he goes. He has this treatise. I mean, this is a novel length treatise on on horror, which he's. A, hmm. I would figure he's an expert in. Yeah, yeah. You know, I. I mean, come on. Uh, even I'm following him on Twitter now, and I need some to. of his uh pr- like anti-Trump tweets are very because he articulates in 144 characters. He yes, articulates so I mean, well. I mean, I'm like I, and seeing and that's why I'm like I feel like such a failure not being able to do these notes and do yeah. these because look at the other people that just I wish I wish I could. I mean, of and course, I, and then you I have can't. The Shining, which is one of the most iconic. Yeah. Even though he hates Kubrick's yeah, version he of the book, care for it. Uh, now, the, the adaptation. So, but, Here's here's the thing. It's a testament. I mean, definitely for his, to his work that it translated so well. Uh, it's from, mm, excuse me, it's from a collection called Different Seasons, which I don't own. That's right, because this was a short story, right? Uh, it's I would say novella length. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, uh, right, compared right. to his yes, other book, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It's it, it was along the lines of a short story, and I like the theme. It was a collection of stories from which the body. Uh, well, I went through. I, I broke it down. At people. The Mist came from it, which I highly recommend The Mist, uh, reading it at least for sure. And each of these stories had a seasonal theme. Hope Springs Eternal with, uh, it was, the original title was Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. Summer of Corruption for App Pupil. Fall from Innocence for the Body, which was adapted into Stand By And App Pupil is uh, Donald Sutherland, right? App Pupil was David Schwimmer and... Oh. Brian Renfro, who's the late Brian yeah. Renfro, and I forget who plays I the Nazi. I thought the old guy was Sutherland. No, he's not that's Sutherland, not. but he's someone. Um, it's the name escapes. I me. haven't seen that, but that's been a movie that um, it, I'm aware it's, of. It's not the best adaptation. I mean, it did follow along with the story. Oh, Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. I should have known. Magneto. Uh, Holy yep. crap! Yep. You mean Gandalf? <laughs> <laughs> that's the different nerds that we. <laughs> <laughs> Fly, you fool! He uh, played anyway. So, oh, and the other one we talked about, the winter st- uh, a Winter's Tale um, section of it called, the story was called The Breathing Method. We talked about the difficulty in the past on this podcast of trying to adapt it because it has to do with 
a woman that's pregnant and whatnot. Oh, Brian Singer directed that, people. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was just... I wonder if he had a lot of interference. Well, I mean, he's not a great director. He he has hits and misses left and right. True. Um, True. The story definitely was affecting just, and very disturbing. Ian McKellen connection that he makes Ian McKellen be a Nazi and then later has him play the yes. Jewish man. Oh, <laughs> man. I see what he did there. So, anyway, without digressing, I wouldn't recommend apt people... The story worked real well, but in any case, yeah. so back to the body, which is Stand By Me, the scores. 8.1 user IMDb rating, 75 Metascore, which totally seems incorrect. It seems way too low. 91% fresh rating on the tomato meter. The Late River Phoenix stars alongside Will Wheaton, and that's why I started Shut Up, Wesley, because ah. that's that was my greeting. Corey Feldman, who was excellent, completely excellent, and having read the trivia, Corey Feldman said this was like basically him playing himself. Oh, and in the role, and See, he did really he well. He is one that I tend to dislike in movies, um, and I can imagine why. Yeah, uh, they, but I mean, this one, he's solid. Really okay. And Jerry O'Connell's film debut, who was unrecognizable because if you know Jerry O'Connell and what he looks like now, mm-hmm. totally. When you see him, it's totally whoa. Now, what's he? He hasn't been anything for a while, right? No. Um, Tom Katz is the last thing I remember him in. Piranha, I believe. Oh, yeah. He was in Piranha. I didn't watch I Piranha. That's okay. You're not missing. You yeah. probably should see the 70s version of it. Who else? Uh, Kiefer Sutherland, John Cusack, Richard Dreyfus, your boy Richard. Oh. It was directed by Rob Reiner, who's involved in one of my honorable mentions. I know we just speeded up. Uh, I got to remember to highlight that honorable mention, but it turned out so well that it led to a very fruitful relationship between Reiner and Stephen King. It ended up leading to the creation of Castle Rock Productions as well as other Stephen King adaptations. I like it's interesting because uh, the IMDb actually not just gives Stephen King credit, but it even references the novel name, The, the Body. Body, because they didn't do that with Roger Rabbit. It was just the author's name. Okay. And so it's interesting that it's that. Like I wonder if that's pretty recent because a lot you, most people still don't associate it. Yeah, I I would not have known. Um, the only the main reason I knew it was the, from the novella was because Family Guy did a bit where they did uh, Brian and Stewie are sitting in director's chairs and they cut to three shorts and they do three different Stephen King novella like oh, Family man, Guy adaptations weird. and this was one of them. That's um, cool. It's so a really watch cool that one. one. That I was a good see, episode. Sometimes I really like Seth I, I think they do they do Misery, um, which isn't oh a novella, gosh, but they no. do Misery. And then um, Brian's the author that gets his ankles broken. Um, I can't remember who's, I who's watch obsessed this. with him. And I, uh, I gotta watch the this. third Are you one. Not a fan of Seth, Seth MacFarlane. No, I am. But have you seen his, his Galaxy Quest looking TV I, show coming I'm out? Anxiously yeah. awaiting it. I'm intrigued. He's like uh, however many million ways to die in the West or whatever. I just yeah, well, I found it so funny. I, I did and I wanted it, to try. Maybe I, maybe I just didn't have a chance. So I, guess. Um, um, I find him funny. So like surprisingly, I like, like yeah. I actually find him as an actor entertaining. Um, I I like Ted. Ted two I didn't love, but I like Ted. It's very vulgar, but I, I enjoyed it. No, he's a. Uh, I mean, all of his stuff. What vulgar. are the music awards? The Grammys? Mm, yeah, uh, Tony's. Tony's. Wait, wait. No, musical Tony's for like songs? Uh, no, no, just like. Yeah, the Grammys. You're right. I'm sorry. I was thinking I went to Tony's. Uh, I think like he's he actually won a couple Grammys. Really? Yeah, he's a, he's released a few albums. I didn't know huh. that. I'm not um, surprised because the dude, the voice acting he does is pretty fantastic. Good voice. It's very like. Uh, and I, I've been out of Family Guy for a while, and I don't know that it holds up. Um, like I, I can't go back and watch reruns even anymore. I used to watch it like religiously for a while when it first came out, but um, 
I loved Brian and I love Stewie. And I, I mean, I owned like several, like the all, I never owned any of the box sets of the show, but all the like spin off things they did, mm-hmm. like they had the Stewie Griffin like movie where he went to, he leaves to find his, his real family or something. I don't remember what the premise was, but yeah. I had that. I had the Christmas specials. I had Star the, Wars one is pretty good. The, I own all this. I still own all three of the Star Wars ones because they are fantastic. Um, the first one in particular, um, even the names though, just like something, something dark side, like. <laughs> Because that's what you remember from Palpatine. He's something, something dark side. Like, what did he say? I, I don't know. He said something, something. Um, no, but uh, yeah, that episode of Family Guy, uh, you definitely should I'll look up. Watch it. Um, because I'll it's watch it. the Stand By Me in particular. Um, because it, it it's it doesn't it does the Family Guy jokes and stuff, but there's definitely paying. There's it's love. An there's yeah, love yeah, yeah. too. Uh, it's definitely not just mocking. And sometimes he gets that. I he mean, does. he gets that right. It's just sometimes. Well, Seth MacFarlane is is a, a a fan. I mean, look what he did for Adam West. He yeah. he wrote Adam West into the show as Adam West, mm-hmm. and Adam West, who loves be making fun of him, his yeah, he's very self deprecating. I mean, and when he died, um, and Ralph Garman, we, we, you don't know Ralph, but nope. Mike and I are big fans of Hollywood Babylon, who we get to go in two months, my buddy. Yep, 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 uh, yep. September 30th, they're going to be here in Orlando Man, doing their live awesome. podcast recording, and it was finally, their first time in finally. Florida. And Mike and I have been fans for at least, I've been a fan for at least five years yeah, now. I'm, I'm probably sure. not that long. Live I was podcast late. recording. They I always do theirs live, but they do it in Hollywood. Um, I was late. Days. I was like on the boat on that. Um, but, um, but. Sorry, but just that Seth MacFarlane connection. But we need, yeah, we need to wrap up. So, so anyway, uh, little trivia is with Rob Reiner. He had had a screening for King, and Stephen King basically sat in his chair, shaking and completely silent, which really bothered Rob Reiner. And so, once they talked about it, he, he really shouldn't have been worried because Stephen King had said that it was the best adaptation of his work that he'd ever seen. And I feel that that it holds up. Uh, no real female leads. There is a mom character in one, but it's about the boys. And by the time the end rolls around, you find out what becomes of the boys. You see, grow up in a lightning quick. I mean, this flies by. It's an hour and twenty nine minutes. It's not very long. I always thought it was longer. Maybe when I was younger, it felt longer, or maybe I wanted it to be longer. That's the thing is when you really enjoy it, you don't want it to end. If yeah, I, I didn't know it was only an hour and a half. Yeah, like, go, I would not I have thought. I would have figured because he would run long. But it, it again, it's a, a it's short novella. story. Yeah. Uh, if you are not affected by this, you're probably like very likely a robot overlord or a Conan lizard. Person. I am like ninety percent sure I saw this at the Winter Haven Mall when they had the theater. Oh still, my gosh. Um, yeah, because what year is this? This is eighty six. So I would have been four um, when this came That's out. That's really young. And I, but again, my mom and my grandparents. Um, movies were a part of us, so there was no there. I don't think I was ever censored from any movie as a kid. Like I think I was allowed pretty much watch whatever they were watching. Um, I know I I was taken to see The Fly in the theater and luckily fell asleep before it got too freaky. Because if you haven't seen The Fly, that movie will give you freaking nightmares. Um, the it, well, that's that's uh, the body Conan, horror. That's that's a Cronenberg. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, but the body horror. But even that. the original Fly was disturbing to me. And yeah, that was I, I haven't seen that one. That's Vincent Price, though. Yes, he's a uh, yeah. uh, supporting role. That just gave me a great idea potential future episode famous flies <laughs> interpret that however you want interesting hmm. like it could be people flying or uh, a literal fly. you should you should just watch like, this now if you haven't already Indiana just Jones. stop we should be stop we should stop <laughs> recording why are we still sitting here we are at two and a half hours yeah. so this is the longest that's, episode of this podcast ever we might have to edit um some. i don't have i don't know what i can <laughs> edit. um and I, I don't have the patience to sit through and filter out stuff so ben do you have any needed honorable mentions 
the only one I haven't mentioned, and I, I, I know earlier I mentioned Fight Club, Jurassic Park, but Harry Potter was one that I actually left yeah, off. Yeah, I me too. But yeah. I easily, I actually just referenced Harry Potter. I think in the last episode, so that's why. Yeah, J.K. I, Rowling's enough. She's okay. She's comfy. Yeah, well, mainly just because I haven't seen the movies, but uh, I feel like. What? I need to, you know, my whole thing with Lord of the Rings versus Harry Potter. There can only be one wizard. Uh, yeah, and this. Harry's it. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna go one further. Dumbledore is better than Gandalf. Oh, Throw down the gauntlet. That's a magic. Uh, that wand drop. I can't even explain to you the amount of respect drop that just happened for <laughs> me. Oh, wow. I I prefer. I, I'll tell you what. Th- I would much rather watch Chamber of Secrets than any of the Lord of the Rings movies again. Like I, mean, I would pick maybe and Goblet I, that, of Fire. Goblet that is of my, Fire. See, everyone does that. I like Goblet of Fire. I don't know why everyone has a bigoted thing about Goblet of Fire. I like okay. that there's magic in the movie. Getting, Chamber of Secrets is boring. It's good defensive um, here. But no, because like, <laughs> that my daughter's least favorite is Goblet of Fire. I like it. Okay. That's the one I would go with. Oh, I thought you were. I was going with a bad one. No, I consider Chamber the worst. I would rather watch Chamber no. than any of the. Oh, well, the worst. No, 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 no. <laughs> you got all defensive for nothing, man. <laughs> yeah, I totally yeah. did. Did you see that? Did you see My that bad. rage? My bad. Um, Look, he's turning red. He's red, red so hulking. Red. <laughs> All right. Um, is that so? That's your only one. Yeah, that's my only one. Right. I I'm going to throw in a couple, and I'm going to be quick. I won't talk about them. Life of Pi uh, was one that I didn't think I would like, and I actually ended up really liking. Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang, uh, Shane Black. Okay. Uh, um, oh man, which I'm a big gotta fan watch of. That one. Gotta watch um, uh, a Beautiful Mind, which is a mm-hmm. Russell Crowe movie that I really was imp- based I on a true story. Loved and uh, two that I want, actually three that I want to go into real fast. Pitch Perfect, um, which I love. Nope. It's I love that movie, but it's based on it's based on a nonfiction book. Um, a guy followed an acapella group around like as they toured college like tournaments, and that's what the inspiration of the movie was. And I was like, what? I had no. I would never in a million years guess it was based on a book, right? Um, mean Girls, same thing. It was Tina Fey adapted a nonfiction book about a group of uh, mean girls, and um, that's where the premise of that. Appropriately and, named. Uh, Clueless was the same thing. I think it was a, uh, it was based on a book, and I don't remember based if it was based on, on a Emma. fiction. Oh yes, that's right, based on Emma, an yep. a, a fictional yep. book. Um, and then there's the obvious ones that we've already mentioned: Jurassic Park, Jaws, Fight Club, etc. Um, I had so many because Zodiac. I actually read the book before I saw the movie. Um, yeah, I and remember reading that. The Social Network. I didn't know was a book. But I'm not okay. surprised, at, and I love that movie though. Um, but that that made me notice something. What do you know? What Zodiac and Social Network have in common? Oh, the director, I would imagine. Yeah. And let's go one more. Gone Girl, all based on books. And so I don't know if Seven's based on a book. I mean, it's based on the I Bible. I don't <laughs> like, think the I Seven Deadly Sins. So wow, here go. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. Yeah, we're coming back around. Like, to the guy I could see the, Orlando. Now. I could see the game being based on a book. Um, I could see that. And Fight Club is based on a book. Yep. So wow. David Fincher, man, he likes uh, book adaptations, which I had never. Maybe he's just not creative. Oh, well, he did. <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> I, I challenge you to a duel, no, sir. But, but maybe he loves. he's gonna he's gonna slap me in the face with a towel. But, but let's <laughs> let's note though of those movies. All of them are great. Yeah, they so are. So he's really I, good I, at book adaptations. I am being facetious. I could have made my top five on Fincher movies, which I almost did when I saw that connection. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna do Fincher films, and he could probably you know sit on a toilet and direct. Way out direct me easily. His, his style just works for me, and so. Um, but my honorable mentions for you, and then we will uh, wrap this up. I want to. I'll, I'll go real quick, but the uh, I will uh, the Rob Reiner one I'll save for last. Uh, the Mist, which we mentioned, Blade Runner, The Godfather, yep. mm-hmm. Fight Club, To Kill a Mockingbird, Planet of the Apes, A Clockwork Orange. The Rob Reiner one I just saw this week again. I think it's free on demand called Flipped. It's kind of like a he said she said coming of age story between a a girl and a a kid Uh, i'm gonna have the kids watch it it's 
uh, it just was really touching. And I just didn't think it was strong enough to put on the Who, top and five. Who's in it? John Mahoney from Frasier. Uh, the old man? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. The dad. Yeah, he's great. Uh, Penel- Penelope Ann Miller. Um, I'm trying to is. think. Trying to think. No, no real. I mean, not they're big, stars, but not. I wouldn't say they're. They're not like yeah, superstars. Yeah, or whatever. It's, it's just a touching. touching. It's worth watching. All right. Well, that is our very long episode. But hey, you know what? Books are long. So our podcast episode about books is long, too. That's what it is. Um, and they follow all sorts of rabbit trails like we do. Well, and that's the thing. Today, we had a lot of fun, I think, uh, re- discussing movies. And it's fun. Um, I don't get to see Ben much anymore because he's at full sale. But uh, it is one of those things when you're, when you're with people that you get along with on, a, uh, I think, a deeper level. Because while movies might feel superficial to some people, to me, they are, they are my lifeblood. They are my essence. They are who I am. In some capacity or another. So when I'm with people who have like minds, it is very easy to get lost in conversation. Um, so we apologize for the extended episode, but hopefully it was entertaining. We did go into a lot of, as Mike said, rabbit holes. But um, we'd love to hear what do you think are the best book adaptations. You can tweet at me at Burke Reviews, Mike at Server Monkey, and Ben. You're on Twitter at Benjamin H17. Follow us, um, and one you might want to get on, get in now while you can with Ben because he might be a famous uh, filmmaker someday. And if you didn't get in now. You're just going to be one of those people who wish they had. It's like if you had a chance to buy Apple stock back in the early 80s and you didn't, you're kicking yourself now. I so, even remember you. I thought you said <laughs> applesauce. I'm like, what? If you didn't get applesauce then, uh, if you, you did really buy applesauce out. then, you probably shouldn't eat it now because it's, <laughs> it's no longer any good. What? It has a limited life? Oh, shelf life? Oh. Um, but that's it, guys. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, this week again for Burke Reviews Movie Club, we are doing um, – Point Break, the original from 1991 with <laughs> Catherine Bigelow. And uh, please listen to the newest episode of The Rough Cut, which is available on Burke Reviews or anywhere you get your uh, podcast. Thanks again, folks. Peace. If you're referring to the incident with the dragon, I was barely involved.